in the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance company, providing services such as weekly lawn maintenance, driveway sweeping, snow and ice management, and tons more. Get your free estimate today at LawnProAK.com. Anchortown Dogs, located at 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Menegato's Accounting, locally owned and operated advisory and tax accounting solutions. Passion, experience, diligence. Learn more at menegatosaccounting.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off Arctic and 58th. Handcrafted Alaskan-made cider. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out at doubleshovelcider.com. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Oh, that was aggressive. <laughs> Lots of booze coming in. Coming in hot. Very much prepared for that one. <clears throat> Spilled all over my phone there. Wow. Going off the grid? Off the grid. Oh, you know what? Oh, my gosh, dude. Dang, I didn't even think about You were like, hey, watch out for that can. It'll foam on you. <laughs> I was just like, didn't, I didn't have my mouth closed, like you said. I, didn't, I was not ready. Oh, the secondary fermentation going on? Yeah, yeah, I was not in line with that. I was fully taking the chance. Well, welcome to another uh, Alaska Wild Project podcast, episode number 15. Um, we have a very special guest with us today. Um, before we get into that, though, just really quick, the Patreon yep. slash Alaska Wild Project. <laughs> um, Heather's Choice, the promo code Alaska Wild. Dude's Day, June 19th, Saturday. 
12 to 6. Come anytime. We'll be doing a live podcast. Come look for something for your dad, your brother, your uncle. At Double Shovel. At Double Shovel. Yep. Arctic and 58th. You can't miss it. You're going to go back there. You're going to see cars lined all up and down the street. What are you doing that? Noon to 6? Noon to 6. Noon to 6. Mm-hmm. Noon to 6. We'll be there early getting it ready. So if you're looking to buy uh, any of our merch, we're going to have all of our stuff out there. Double Shovel will have all their stuff. Local Greens will be doing the tours in there. I'd run down the list of all the people that are coming, but we don't. We we got a special, special guest that I really want to get to right away today. Um, do we have any highlights that we want to talk about prehand? I, I always wanted to say something about this picture of this handsome bearded gentleman. <laughs> bearded gentleman. <laughs> Shirtless with some grundings and some shrimp, dude. Look at this guy. It's well, a guy cotton bibs. Come on, give us some credit. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. Is I, that I, your I, skiff? Well, let's just get into it. I want to welcome Ira Edwards <laughs> to the podcast, man. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm stoked uh, New Jack for a while and talked about outdoorsy food. He likes every single one of my food pictures. That's right. <laughs> you're getting after it with Alaska stuff. You can't, you know, you go get it, you go harvest this stuff and let's eat it. Oh, let's man. make it cool and add some culture to it. Jack, let's get a little history on Ira really quick. Uh, I think I, I, I can only just touch I, the, I mean, it'd let's, be, let's it'd skim be like, the top of the, 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 what, the iceberg. Yeah, just skim yeah. the top. How, off. how you met me or why yeah. you met me. So uh, I, we <clears throat> met Ira because we started a cidery and Ira is pretty much interested in anything cultural or cool. And especially if it has to do with outdoor stuff or food stuff or, um, or booze, know, sub, <laughs> booze. <laughs> yeah, booze. Uh, subsistence subsiding there off our, our environment and so i'm i mean i think right when we started started posting about the cidery jerry's like oh this dude ira contacted us we should we should get with him and he had just i think you had just won that cider competition right uh a couple of years before you guys started up i got second place in the nation in apple cider so it mm. was judged at a contest in boston and i was announced as ira edwards from anchorage arkansas because nice. you know you can't, you can't <laughs> grow apples in alaska and ak yeah. must mean arkansas <laughs> yeah, so so I think uh, it went from there to uh, you know just Jerry and you nerded out a lot, and then uh, I was on the slope at the time, and uh, and then we started doing the community presses over at Double Shovel uh, with your press and uh, and making cider. Yeah, so I met Jerry because one of his coworkers in the well world, um, you guys were all well engineers, apparently. Yeah, that's right. Um, knew that I made booze, and he's like, "Do you know anything about apples?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I know a little bit." Hey, these guys are going to start a cidery. Yeah. Who was that? Uh, it was a guy I skied with, and he doesn't really ski any much anymore, but he works with Jerry, or he used to work with Jerry. Okay. Uh, he's not here anymore. So. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so just uh, randomly do that. I've grown apples for 20 years, grafted apples, and have tried a lot of ciders that are all too sweet. You guys don't make sweet ones, which is great. Yeah, uh, colonial yeah. style, baby. Colonial style. Yeah. So Ira Edwards is was voted the Chives' most interesting man in the world. In what year was this? Last, Last year. It wasn't year. really a year. It's just in just general. told in, in general. general. It's like so, oh, they don't do a yearly. You no, are just the interesting man in the world he's to the, the Chives. Real, real life most interesting man. In I the am world. not Jonathan Goldsmith from the Dosecki. I am the real, real life, life one. They sent him yeah. to Mars. I tried to be his replacement. It didn't work out. So. <laughs> okay. You, you, made, a nice, like you, made, you made a nice photo, though. It, oh, you look really good. Yeah. I did not get to bring home the models with me. Oh, that didn't oh. come with the package? <laughs> like, yeah, no, we don't send them. Um, if you want no to find uh, Ira, it's Rooster Skier on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Or Rooster underscore Skier on Twitter or 
I don't let anyone see my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get in. I want to start with the chive thing because it seems like that's the launch. I don't, I'm sure you're doing so much cool stuff already, but it like that's just like one of those highlights that I really want to touch on first. Um, how did you even get in contact with this? Was this a competition? Walk us through how that happened. So I do a lot of fundraising work with a foundation called the High Five Foundation that are out of Reno. And uh, I knew them before I got hurt and helped them with some fundraising and just spreading the word. And then after I got hurt, I was one of their very first athletes. And they do a lot of stuff to help out people with disabilities to get back into the active sports world. And I have been in active sports most of my life and have been professionally in active sports for the last 25 years. And uh, yeah, so they told me, hey, there's this little grant for disabled law enforcement. In my real life, I was a law enforcement officer for the state when I got hurt. State, uh, state troopers, Ira? I went through the trooper academy, and then I went and was a state park ranger when I got hurt. Okay. Uh, which is also law enforcement. Um, of course, We didn't yeah. really actually mention this, but I'm paralyzed and in a wheelchair. Yeah, we'll get to uh, that. We'll get to yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they this foundation that helps out people with disabilities in active sports only, uh, oh. they said, hey, there's this nonprofit at The Chive, and The Chive is this really cool website that everyone under 50 knows about i think yeah <laughs> uh, mostly because of the people in bikinis they have guys in mankinis too uh, they just don't market that to people that are male apparently oh i didn't know Do they have a nickname like the chevettes <laughs> like the guys uh, Ch- chivers are the males the oh, chivers are the males the chivers? Uh, chiv- chivettes are the the ladies um apparently they are able to look at whatever gender you identify with um somehow oh. and they have ways of marketing pictures of girls to guys and pictures of guys to girls. Oh, that's They do a great job with that as well. They do. I had to, I had to delete Keep it. calm, Daniel. And they have, <laughs> actual, <laughs> they have actual real-life news articles and interest pieces as well. And No, they, they're legit. Yeah, so incredible, very credible. interviewed for their uh, foundation to get like a $2,000 scholarship. I was going to just get driving controls and harnesses for the side-by-side I got. And uh, they were like, oh, we don't have uh, funding for that this year. So the next mm. year they called me back and said, hey, you should reapply. They gave me an interview, and then the interview went longer, and then it went longer, and then it went longer, and said, can we write an article about you? <laughs> and here we are. Nice. Sweet. Well, you oh, were so that just was something that came up out of the blue after, after you going for the other grant thing. Yeah. And uh, as a part of that, they actually did supply me with a grant. Um, turns out they had been in cahoots with the High Five Foundation and didn't tell me about it. Mm. Uh, but uh, the article was not a part of the grant. So oh, really cool. quickly, before we jump back into the injury and, and how you became <clears throat> paralyzed and all that, um, I want you to just like do a quick list rundown of all the activities that you do. Uh, in the last year, I have ridden horseback. I've sea kayaked. I just got back from a three-day canoe float trip on the Little Susitna River. I alpine ski. I cross-country ski. I snow machine. I hunt now currently out of a side-by-side. I used to do it off of a four-wheeler because I can't walk. I uh, race marathons. I didn't do it last year because of COVID, and I didn't do it the year before because of the smoke, but I'll be doing some more again. Yep. Uh, ride downhill st- two-wheeled mountain bikes at Alieska. They stay upright because you keep rolling. You don't crash and it looks good. Um, uh, randomly, I scuba dive. I deep-sea fish. I do all the fun things. Shrimp. I'm just shrimp. 
Uh, I've been a male model in the Alaska uh, Mountain of Alaska calendar. Yeah, yeah. Was that the picture? That's the that's the dude's picture in front of the glacier. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's in Grundins. <laughs> no, it's, really it's a good. guy cotton. Those are much better than Grundins. They're, Kev- uh, they're yeah, Kevlar lined. That. When you're working on crab boats, they don't get shredded. All right. Okay. Um, currently, I work for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, but I have had a varied career working as a research biologist for the state, as a land manager for the state, and uh, generally random stuff. Uh, that was in between my law enforcement career, so which was very, very short before I got hurt. Wow, that was... That was a good list. You're getting after it, dude. That, that's dude. the basic part. I mean, there's the hunting, fishing, gardening stuff, too. So Yeah. And charcuterie building. Uh, and smoking, uh, hooligan, salmon, um, octopus. Lots of cooked um, and cured meat. This guy brings this charcuterie. I can never say that right. Char- Forgive charcuterie. me. Charcuterie. I'm so illiterate. With that. Yeah, thank you, Jack. Anyway, what? that thing's Gucci, dude. So that, what's in the platter here, Ira? So tonight, uh, since Jack has liked every single one of my food posts for the last five years. Since That's I met right. Him, and I don't like a lot of posts, but I like um, all these. I just noticed that I have some of my friend's grandparents that like my posts. And nice. there's, then there's Jack. So I brought some uh, gravlox, like a Swedish uh, salmon lock cured fish uh, put on crackers with capers. I brought some smoked octopus, and it's not too smoky because it sucks up the smoke really quick. I've made some mistakes in the past. I do not bring shit to my friends, so I, I brought the good stuff. It was good. Uh, we have caribou uh, salami, an Italian's fermented salami that I dried for five months. We have smoked salmon bellies. Everyone loves bacon. Smoked salted pork bellies. This is smoked salted fish bellies, right. the best part of the fish. Absolutely. We have some uh, smoked hooligan, which are dried out. So hooligan or candlefish or smelt. Everyone's dip netting for them right now. Right. Uh, they'll probably be yeah. almost done by the time this podcast comes out. Yep. But uh, yeah, they're pretty tasty. Uh, then I have some smoked salmon fillets that I cut into cubes. You eat in crackers. I was going to have some lawn Jaeger and some hunter sticks. <clears throat> While I was off on this canoe trick, I left them out on top of the uh, um, freezer in a tub. My dog hocked up under the freezer and ate them, so there are no Lon Jaegers or <laughs> Hunter Sticks for you guys. Oh, wow, and we'll put a picture yeah. of this too. I mean, I, I want to say that this is probably one of the episodes that people are going to want to watch on YouTube because we're going to show a lot of pictures and a lot of things yeah. um, from yeah. Ira's page because um, he's just so into so much badass shit. It's like you got to see it, you know? Yeah, I mean, this guy's disabled, and he's doing like, 10 times more shit than I'm doing. Yeah. And I, I don't even, I do I, not identify with disabled people. I just am uh, less abled. Less, less abled. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, and I, I mean, I just wanted to be respectful in that comment and say, like, damn. I have no shame. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I could tell in the first two minutes when you when we walked in the door and you were sitting here with that platter, I was like, okay, all right. This guy, <laughs> he showed up. <laughs> He's yeah. going to be real. So... That's, wow. that's 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 and you caught all this stuff you didn't just cook it you didn't just go to the store uh, and buy it uh, yeah harvest it. i did harvest. not harvest the capers i do make capers <laughs> out of uh um, nasturtium <laughs> seeds you can you can really no uh, capers, pickled, huh? pickled nasturtium seeds are awesome you can make really? capers and you can grind them for relish i'm out so i bought real capers okay so out of everything you brought the capers were from 
Fred Myers well, and Carzer. I can live with that. And the, what about the olives? Did you do the olives? or? Oh. They don't grow in Alaska. So I know. I was just like, man, you, all this other stuff, did you somehow? <laughs> I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised. if you He's like, growing olives in his crawl, crawl yeah, space. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. My uncle in Southern California has olives. They are not these kind of olives. But uh, okay. I probably wow. also would have to ferment them. We'll give you a pass them, on and They put them in line. It's, processing olives is really... You were surprised you ever eat olives. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah. So it's really interesting about the platter that I wouldn't have expected, but the first thing to go was the hooligan. Oh, the hooligan. That's, yeah. that's the fish that most people think are gross and hate. Um, I like hooligan. It's pretty tasty. And if you do it right, it's palatable. Yeah. If you do it wrong, it's slimy and gross. And it's yeah. also good for oh, bait true. because of that. A lot of people think it's gross, so... I use it in my shrimp bait too. Yeah. So. yeah well, I've only eaten bait. it that way. And then growing up, we used to really do it as a lot of ethnic families probably go hooligan and we did it a lot and we would fry them whole and just eat it like oh. that with lemon. So this is whole. There's no, it's yeah. not gutted or skinned or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, you way. can also like uh, cornmeal it and pan fry it. Mm. It's pretty good that way too. Mm-hmm. How did yeah. you prep it here? Uh, I snip the anus so it can get brine inside and mm-hmm. juice, blood oh. and juice drains out. You take a little nick in there and uh, you give it the old. <laughs> no, no fun no fun times bring it back to baby day uh, and then you brine it in a bucket of salt water just like pure rock salt until it can't dissolve anymore uh for like four hours and then i hang it to dry um you can either hang it to dry in racks like on the little big chief smokers or yep. one of my smokers i have a uh, thing where i made a, a board with a bunch of nails and you just hang it from the eyeballs because eyeballs are attached to the skull which is attached to the spine which holds the fish up yeah otherwise when you smoke things things fall apart oh so you right. tag it right through the eyes yeah, it oh. still stays upright and holds together if you smoke it with, yeah, through the eyeballs. If you hang it anywhere else, it'll fall apart. Yeah. So that those fish that don't have good heads left, I put flat on trays and do the trays in the little chief. Okay. Great chief. Nice. That must Seriously. be a... You have a picture of that up there? That must be a board of hooligans. Like I don't have a picture a of my hooligan smoking because my friend, uh, I caught some last year and put them in a shrimp bait and then my friend dropped off two five-gallon buckets at midnight one day and... When they're there, you got to deal with them then. You yeah. don't yeah. let fish rot. You got to yeah. start. Oh, yeah. no, That's no, right. No. At midnight on a Wednesday, I started assaulting fish. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they get mushy quick, right? Yeah, because they're soft. They're one of the highest oil content fish of anything out there. That's they what makes them, can- them so tasty, man. Candlefish. You can like take my fish and burn them like a candle. Yeah. Please don't. It's probably a fire. I don't see any fire alarms here. So, so we talked <laughs> a, a lot about the shrimp bait, but what? how do you prepare your shrimp then when you bring them home? Uh, shrimp have an enzyme in their carapace, the, the front part of the shell, that will turn them mushy within hours of death. Um, so you need to remove the front of the body from the tail so everyone pops tails. Yep. That's how you do it. Um, generally, I shrimp are also kind of spiny, uh, so they don't vacuum bag really well. So I found a trick. I just take make an envelope out of freezer paper, put that in there, and I can put a pound of shrimp in each vacuum bag and seal them. And they last for forever. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you can buy these special styrofoam trays and these plastic covers and whatever. I just make an envelope out of freezer paper and call I've it. Heard, yeah. I've heard people uh, Ziploc bag them in water, in salt water and then freeze them solid. You can do it that way or freeze them in Rubbermaid tubs yeah, or the yeah. Ziploc tubs, but mm-hmm. they don't come out as firm if they're in water. Yeah, because it gets saturated, or just well, the, like the, the, the frosting process too. When they're like lo- in that block like yeah. that, oh, you're probably gonna yeah. soak water as that defrosts. Yeah, and this, yeah, you just get, gotta use seawater if you do it that way. Yeah. But, oh, okay. uh, yeah. If you do seawater, it doesn't freeze as fast and thaws out a little sooner. But it, they still get a little mushy. I mean, you keep your salmon fillets; you don't keep them in water. Yeah. Same same concept. Right. Um, so minor, rinsed, patted dry, 
I just run them on a towel real quick and the towel gets in the dishwasher. Yeah. And then I uh, vacuum bag them. You and, have any uh, special cooking techniques? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called anywhere between raw and putting de gumbo. So yeah. um, there's a lot of ways. I do a lot of Cajun cooking. It's my favorite cuisine. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Gotta get after it. I, mm-hmm. Shrimp stock is the best stock for Cajun cooking. Ooh, oh, yeah. right on. Yeah. And I make a good roux. I bet, oh, I bet you your roux is good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, who's who had the, the other uh, Joe? Right? Joe Hagedis. Oh, Joe Hagedis has. We, a pretty we should good have thing. an Ira Joe uh, uh, cook off. That yeah. would be a fun oh. day. Maybe some shrimp etouffee or Cajun gumbo. I, I mean, my, I make mm. probably three quarters of my sausage I make out of my wild animals is at is andouille sausage, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is like used in every Cajun, Cajun dish imaginable. Yeah, right. What makes it the andouille? A, si- a, s- uh, a certain spice it's got a lot. It, I wouldn't. You wouldn't want to eat it normally. It's way too flavorful and salty but okay. it, it seasons every dish you put it into yeah it cooks, it's, it's cooks like into the flavors it's like pre-made seasoning got okay. it tasty meat and fat so mm. yeah for the slow simmer oh yeah oh yeah man like you're it. making me hungry and we just ate <laughs> so what, what I are, think I'm here because of the food come on <laughs> yeah no, so I saw you made your own pastrami this year uh yeah, I, last year's bear I made into pastrami. I've made pastrami out of uh, bison brisket and moose brisket. It's thick enough. You basically use flank steak, but I just took a piece of meat and made it out of the bear. It's uh-huh. super tasty. You just make corned beef, which is basically uh, a salt cure and salt and rock salt. They call it corned beef because of the rock corns, rock salt corns. Yeah, mm. and uh, some pickling spices, and then uh, so pastrami is smoked corned beef. So anyone that likes St. Patrick's Day. You can also get corned beef at St. Patrick's Day, and they can't get it any other time of year. Yeah. So you can either buy extra or you can make a lot of corned beef. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> you smoke it, and then you steam it, and then it's pastrami. And I have a meat slicer, so it's awesome. What, what piece oh, of the yeah. bear did you use? Like a ham? It or? was a part off the ass. Uh, yeah. I just found a piece of meat that was about two inches thick and about six or eight inches wide. And I mean, enough mm. you can put through the slicer. And for, I yeah. mean, pastrami is the best sandwich meat ever. I oh, mean, man, f- dude. And some people use corned beef in the Rubens. Pastrami is so much better. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got that right. Remember that, uh, was it last week I brought that <coughs> that black bear pastrami in? I had um, it all sliced up. Yeah, that was good. So I had another piece, and it was thawed out. So I sliced it up, and I brought it to work, put it in the fridge, forgot, didn't share it with anybody. Saturday, I, I rem- woke up, and I was like, oh, that pastrami. I'm not about to let that go bad. I it's mean, cured. I mean, it's going to be okay for a few days. Yeah, so. I just, I, I knew that if I didn't go get it right now, like I was just going to forget for like two weeks and it was going to be in the work fridge. So I ran over and got it and then brought it home. And for two days in a row, Rena made me uh, 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 grilled uh, grilled cheese grilled pastrami. cheese with the pastrami with that oh. meat. Dude. Oh, it's good because that was so salty and good. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. too salty. I'm good with it. But for anybody that's got even a little bit of a... Palate that's too, you know oh, it's too salty. It's like I have a lot of friends and family that love salt, and I think salt is better in moderation. So in mm. salted foods, you have to have salt it to preserve it. Mm. You can overdo it. Yeah, yeah. I think that one was overdone, and it was a bit much in the grilled cheese with even like I mean, cheese is salty too, yeah. right? But it was, I didn't care. I mean, my heart was, was like, well, I'm eating it. 
<laughs> Quit taking a bite. So was that bi- the bison pastrami from the Delta bison? I, you got? I got a tag a few years ago out in Delta. I mean, oh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say that I didn't put in for 33 years in a row, <laughs> but I got it on the 33 years, so 32 yeah. years of failing. Um, yeah. My parents put in when I was like nine and ten, and then when I was twelve, I started having a job, and I was told to put in on my own money because they yeah. weren't going to waste ten bucks a year on something I'll never get. You got a big bull too, didn't you? Uh, I saw a big bull every single day, um, but it was uh, is not, that a, is that a cow? No, I got it. That's a four and a half year old bull. So it okay. goes seven hundred fifty pounds of meat. It was a good size. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was the horns are tall. That's but the uh, the bull was that I was hoping to get for the five days I saw it was. Uh, Literally a shoulder above this guy. Oh, so you had your eye on a different one. Yeah, we're going to upload a picture here, Burton, just a second. Um, But yeah, uh, you know, you got to do the ethical hunting thing. You can't shoot if there's something behind it. I mean, there's four rules of gun safety. Keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Your guns are always loaded. Beware of your surroundings from behind. And then... uh, Muzzle muzzle control. Muzzle control. Don't cover anything you don't want to shoot. And there was always an animal behind this big guy. And it just never worked out. But, uh, you know choices i made the good choice and i got meat and uh yeah, you but, did. uh if we can screen share maybe we'll screen share maybe it'll let me maybe it won't and that was with kurt you need to disconnect oh uh, you might need to disconnect yeah. yeah um i yeah my friend kurt ensminger who's one of you guys you yeah, guys are yeah, uh, yeah. i worked with kurt slipper friends with him yeah so he and i went to high school together oh, so okay. i i've taken random other friends out hunting because being in a wheelchair, I can do a lot, but I'm not superhuman, even though social media makes it look that way. It's not It's not quite as cool as it sounds. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, honestly. <laughs> Let's go back to a little bit as we look up for the picture of you growing okay, up. Yeah, I in, disconnected, Ira, so you can... I, I saw on there that you grew up in Palmer. So I saw this buddy. Uh, sorry, uh, this is the guy I saw oh five days gosh. in a row, and there was always somebody behind him. Look at that thing. And his, sh- my guy's head went up to his shoulder. Oh, okay. And I got 750 pounds of meat. So, uh, sorry, but to backtrack, but yes, I grew up in Palmer and I'll be moving back there next month. I'm pretty stoked. Dude, you got to look at this picture. This thing's a stud, man. It's a monster. Uh, So I am taking this behind a hay bale from my iPhone. I probably could have done it archery if I wanted. Oh, you're Uh, that close to him? Um, this is from my iPhone and Kurt was sitting there with me from where we drove my truck behind a hay bale and took pictures. Um, uh yeah out my truck window so uh never Dude, had a clear shot thing. ever at him never oh a clear goodness. shot look at the af- look at the afro on that guy yeah that says it all man in his nose he looks pretty stoic yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. he's a beast he does but i was happy with my guy he was a four and a half year old guy probably made a really good eating bison it's at that almost age. a king size uh rug i haven't gotten a tan yet but i stretched it out it'll be yeah. it'll be that it'll be able to cover oh, my bed cool. it won't be a drape over the sides but it'll cover the top of my bed oh that's what you did as a full rug on it once i get it tanned um, yeah it's like what'd you do with the skull uh it's still sitting in my garage uh, but is i have it, a place to hang it in my new house so is it like cleaned up and boiled and all that it's cleaned up we're we're working on it we got a guy right here yeah. in case you are, need somebody to finish are you it, a you beetle know? guy no but i'll boil it and clean it and well, i know how to steam stuff home. i worked for a tax center for seven years you want a beetle guy you want to do a beetle? Uh, I would love to do a beetle thing. The problem is with horns, you got to remove the horns first because horns are made out of protein and they'll eat the horns. Yeah, that's that's why I prefer to just boil because I, I can control what happens to it. Yeah, and the steaming is the way to go. 
yeah, yeah simmer it so instead, I learned, of, instead of boiling it. So yeah, I learned that about doing moose because I can't fit a moose in the trash can that I use to uh-huh. boil. So you got to put like tin foil and and towels over the top, so the water steams up, <laughs> gets the towel hot, and then the foil keeps the heat in, and that will help get mm. the meat off the top of the skull. Yes, uh, boiling helps dissolve ligaments that hold your skull together. So uh, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe I made a lot of mistakes when I was a kid. But that's you know. why they made gorilla glue, man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was for your hair. <laughs> well, I don't have any. Well, of there's that. a lot of beetle. beetle well, Ira, just beetles. in case you got a lot of other things going on, I'm a. I'm in. I'm. I'm in the game. It's so. never been a priority yet because. Uh, but now I have a spot to put it. I got a nice caribou last I'd year. I'd be so proud I'm, to do it for you, for the record. Uh, so if okay. you're interested, well, I, I will mean, uh, send you some pictures, and it's it's not disgusting. It's all scraped uh, and dried. Even out. if it, yeah, that, you just made it easy for me. You so. just gotta soak it in a bag of uh, water and let it rot for a little bit. Then it all all the horns will oh, fall yeah. off really easy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you put on the gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared. Okay, not that we've done these things. I've before, got four so. rotten moose skulls in the backyard on a canoe right now and yeah. i had a barbecue this weekend my mom's over she's like are you freaking kidding me she's over here trying to grill tenderloins and there's just rotten skulls over there 20 yards away <laughs> i keep getting whiffs of it i'm like well, no, well i mean it's my up. backyard i, I don't want to tell you came to my house but yeah i know uh, jack because of this kind of stuff so oh, yeah. you know, that's that's like oh, wow. one evening of picking i'd Last year we picked sixteen thousand pounds of apples, so that was a sm- small amount. Um, so we're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, maybe ten uh, laundry baskets full of apples. Each of those are about sixty pounds, seventy pounds. That's uh, that's one evening, and usually we pick till dark. It's obviously not dark in this picture, so wow. we went out for a second run. And these apples are from where? I mean, I know they're from here. But, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> are these are private I have, properties, or I have twelve on my own trees, which currently don't belong to me because I sold my house. Um, oh, uh, the new owners are letting me rent it back for a while, but they're they seem to be their apple trees as soon as they fruit. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I have a large variety of apples. I can pick around acreage and I usually right used on. to pick, used to pick every apple. Now I pick the apples that are good for cider. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's There's specific the apples it. that are better for cider than. Yeah. Some generally. Sweet, some so bitter. you want to have the bitter or bitter sweet cause uh, you can always get sugar from whatever you do. Everything up here is sour because we just generally don't have enough. So you want something that's not quite as sour and has a lot of tannins. And tannins are like what makes wine dry tasting. Mm. Like a Chardonnay is kind of dry tasting. A red yeah. wine is pretty dry because it's got the tannins from the skins. We generally want the tannins to help make your cider a little sharper and uh, not quite as uh, sour or... S- About more balanced. And I am also on top of my wheelchair. I'm also a type 1 diabetic. So... Uh, <laughs> I, I prefer that the sh- yeast have my sugar instead of me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. The drier the better. Yeah, you get that geek carpet. Some, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, on your tongue. I noticed that. So this place out in the Palmer, what, tell us about that. Uh, so yeah, I got a job working out in the valley, and I will be uh, moving out there hopefully in the next month. As soon so as you're doing the re- reverse commute. Yeah, really? it's oh. mostly working from home. I mean, technology is wonderful this last year, oh, and, and yeah, everyone's bosses are more accepting of that concept because we weren't allowed to see each other for a year. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, I've been out there a couple, three days a week. Uh, the deal with a lot of hard science and research is that uh, a lot of things are on paper still. Not everything's been scanned and digitized. 
And oh. we, I am not mm. currently doing this because my the soil staff are currently out getting ready to go out in the woods and the sticks and dig pits and look at what dirt is out there. But we have like a photon spectrometer. We have an infrared scanner to look at soil to see what's actually in it. So that's like hands-on stuff. So mm-hmm. then we take that hands-on data and I will be putting that into maps and put it on the web for everyone to see if a agriculture project is worthwhile or an industrial project is going to have the right kind of soil to develop land or whatever. Our goal is to map all the soil in the United States and I'm responsible for Alaska. Um, Sweet. Alaska is a little bit farther behind the rest of the United States in our infrastructure. (laughs) So uh, um, we have a job security, bigger project than most people have um, because it's kind of hard to get around and there's, Still probably parts of Alaska people have never set foot on. Um, you think so? I think so. Uh, I have I do too. rafted the No Attack River the entire way, and I've seen mm, rotten, yeah. rusty cans from 40 years beforehand Yep, in the middle of nowhere. So I think there's been a lot of people, a lot of places. There's still probably places you haven't set foot on. And yeah. down in the States, not possible. Yeah. Yep, probably not. Probably not. Um, really quick, we want to give a shout-out to the Treehouse AK, uh, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because, honestly, there's always something good on deck. And, guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords while always maintaining their deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter the store. Hold on. So you're telling us about your Palmer place. So you got to play a house out there and some land? What, what's going on? Yeah, so I was looking. I knew this job was coming, uh, and I was willing to work on getting a house and start building it without the job because – it took six months to get hired. Um, it's just the process of going through the hiring thing. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, longer than that, but that's a whole other story. Uh, yeah, so I uh, found land. I talked to a bunch of farmers. I had a plan. I was going to build an apple orchard. I mean, I looked for houses to buy. There's nothing wheelchair accessible out anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some in Anchorage, but not really. Uh, so I started looking for land, and nobody's willing to sell land at all right because farmers there's no such thing as too much land and uh turns out that my buddy's dad who i've known since i've been 10 uh has 100 and something acres and was subdividing 40 acres into a new subdivision so i got almost four and a half acres now and uh building a wheelchair accessible house the land is all flat from the front to the back it goes down seven feet it's got great drainage no standing water um currently full of trees real wild Alaska trees soon Mm -hmm. to become apple trees. But, uh, and the well gets me 35 gallons a minute, which is pretty unheard of. So you just found a money, a money spot. And my buddy's dad was willing to sell it to me too. Cause other people weren't willing to sell land. Yeah. I mean, you could buy an acre here, an acre there, but not enough to plant stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. So how big an orchard are you going to go with? Uh, so it's, you know, the house and the yard and all that's probably going to take, in a shop i'm gonna have to build a shop of course every yeah i bought a connex now so i'm on my start to survival compound um (laughs) i mean that's gonna that's gonna take like (laughs) half an acre to do all that stuff so and i'm gonna have a garden like i've always had so i figure three acres of trees but you know a lot of the smaller commercial orchards are like 
they got a couple hundred trees, but uh, I figure I can put in, I plotted it out in the computer. I can put 300 trees, 350 trees and three acres. Oh my gosh. And wow. it will not be a pretty orchard. It will be a productive orchard. Yeah. I will not be posting wedding pictures here, but you can, yeah. you know, you could wander <laughs> through it in apple blossoms and take wedding pictures. There'll be apple blossoms everywhere. This won't be. Right. It's not going to have these like defined lanes, just oh, like. Perfect, oh, there will be because you got to drive a tractor between it to harvest. Oh so. yeah, that's but, that uh, many trees. But, yeah, <laughs> but it's going to be nicer, prettier looking trees, and not productive small trees. Oh, so okay. I could probably make this into a money maker. I'm going to make this into a retirement project where it's going to be nice to look at, nice. but yet not also a wedding venue. <laughs> as cool as that would be, because I could make a lot of money on a wedding venue. But uh, you sure could. Yeah, you just that, don't have to do anything. Just be like. Yeah, that's well, twelve hundred bucks. In, but for that two Don't weeks in apples. June when they're blooming apple blossoms, it'll be kind of pretty. So. Yeah, it will. Yeah. So, um, so and uh, my friend's dad is from Vermont. And he's convinced me to plant sugar maples around the outside of the property. Ah. Mm. So I will be having hopefully uh, Alaska's first uh, maple syrup production. What's the so property full of now? Spruce and and birch mix. I have a little bit of aspen, a lot Sweet. of birch, some spruce, and a couple of cottonwoods. But not too many cottonwoods, so nice. Those have roots that send suckers everywhere, and they're hard to get rid of. Yeah, um, they are. But yeah, I will be clearing land, chipping all the trees, m- clearing all the roots and stumps, and then uh, mulching it all into let it rot for a year or so. Mm-hmm. First priority is to build a fence because you know moose like apples. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. They love it. What oh. kind of fence are you going to do? Ask you about that. Uh, we're going to find the cheapest way to build an eight foot tall fence. Yeah, we haven't yeah. figured that out yet. Yeah, mm. and then no- you're going to nothing's cheap. Graft your no, own trees. Not. Uh, I've got about 40 trees already grafted, uh, potentially getting a couple of trees from Double Shovel because uh, they're going to be a semi-business partner in this proposition. Um, And then I'll be buying some commercial trees of the types I want. And then that'll be the first year once I start planting. And then I probably have the next couple of years plant a couple hundred more trees. And that'll be a process. Um, I mean, So it'll be like a decade before you're really pumping apples probably. Yeah, I figure with little trees when they're babies, they're little. When you buy a tree at Home Depot, that's a five-year-old, six-year-old tree. Oh. Uh, I will be planting trees that are one-year-old, which means they're going to be the size of a pencil, um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, yeah, they're going to have ten years. Um, mm. The stuff from Home Depot, maybe five years. If I buy some new trees in a year or two, they they will be that size. So they'll be a little head start. But uh, I, my plan is ten years from now, I will have wow. production, and I can retire and. 15 ish years so by the time i'm retired i'll have a full orchard perfect timing and uh apples for all agricultural products takes the least amount of work you prune them once a year you water them you mow the lawn between them and in a wheelchair that's a lot less work than weeding a garden because uh full-on farm stuff i grow my own vegetables it's a lot of work in a wheelchair I bet. I will not be doing that to sell. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you only. Yeah. And then how Personal about use. how about the sugar maples? How long do they take? How uh, big a tree are you going to get? They're like 30 feet spacing, uh, 30 to 50 feet tall. I figure I can get about a uh, rough guess if they grow to production about eight to 10,000 gallons a year of sap and you boil that down to 40 gallons. So I'll have a decent amount of maple syrup. Not really a lot, but. And then yeah. are, are, are you getting yearling trees of those or? I will probably be getting yearling trees. So approximately the same 15 years. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. You sure they'll take? Uh, no, they grow just fine up here, but nobody really grows them. Okay. But also not that global warming is a thing. There's climate change, not global warming. 
Um, nice. But, you know, in 15 years, um, if they don't work out, they don't work out, they'll be pretty trees. If it does work out and they grow well, I'll have pretty trees with lots of sap. That's right. That's a pretty bad. Go back to that picture yeah. right there. So is this the, what you got from the chive? Uh, no, that no, is uh, is a right foundation here. I work nope. with. Uh, I have a six-wheeler. It's different. Yeah. That's that's a Polaris. Uh, um, razor? Razor. Uh, the four-seater four one. Um, so there's a group down in the States that's part of the High Fives, their own foundation, but it's, it's associated with the High Fives. It's called Return to Dirt. And their whole purpose is to take people with disabilities and get them outside again. Okay. And that doing that through motorized sports. So part of what I'm doing is taking people out uh, that have a certain mobility disorder or anything like that. Uh, I've taken a couple of people that just couldn't walk, just super special needs people out to Connect Glacier. Oh, nice. Last year, a really good friend of mine I've known since I've been seven. She's got cerebral palsy. Uh, we took her out. She got her first caribou last year. Oh, uh, cool. Her dad has shot on proxy lots of caribou for her and moose and things. She got her first caribou last year, so she rode in the wheeler with me. So that's and awesome. got to shoot it in the whole nine. Yep, it was. That's uh, cool. She was super stoked. I mean, it was a cow, um, oh, but okay. you know, it was her first animal, and we got yeah. uh, we got five caribou for the three of us. So it was a lot of meat. So I will bet she was proud. Is that where this totally stoked. came from? Uh, yeah, the, we got a caribou and a chicken on the forty mile herd last year, and I've shot a lot of caribou in lots of places. The f- it's been 20 years since I hunted the 40 mile. They're pretty good sized bodies. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, okay. I put up out of, I ended up with three caribou out of the deal. They didn't want one of theirs. And uh, three caribou got me 650 pounds of meat. Wow. Yeah, that's damn And two wow. of those were cows. So, wow. That's good. Yeah. Walk us through um, the process. I mean, obviously, you go from the wheelchair to to the machine. And then when you get to do the stock on it, I mean, just how does that work? Um. What's the stocking thing you talk about? <laughs> I, I, I drive a wheeler now. Um, it's everyone, called neutral. <laughs> yeah. So uh, speaking of stocking, I am currently building a thousand meter rifle. Uh, I borrowed my buddy's one and I shot 19 out of 20 targets with it. And it, it, it hit pretty good. Um, so I will be capable of shooting a steel target at a thousand meters. Um, what are you so getting? So building a 6.5 PRC. So okay. it's a... It's, basically a 6.5 millimeter magnum. Yep. Um, wow. And uh, I have a bench rest style action. It, it's super accurate. Uh, the barrel will be here next month. The rest of it's here. You know, uh, build it up. The optics cost more than the rest of it. Yeah. Whatever. Always. What kind <laughs> yeah. of optics? Uh, I've got um, a vortex. It's a razor um, eight to 45 or eight to 25, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, turrets and all that yeah it's mm-hmm. all set up to dial in once i f- figure out the bullet i'm going to use all this dial in and click i have and i have an 1800 meter range finder and nice it'll be fine um just be sniping that's all i do now i mean i set yeah. up a tripod and i shoot um Where birch? I, don't, I don't have good birch creek over there uh <laughs> i go to birchwood i'm a member no birchwood's a really cool range it's uh the rules got a little different because of COVID. Everyone decided they want to get outside. And everything ever, everyone wants to get outside all of a sudden. Yeah, so, last summer. Yeah, so totally. Birchwood used to allow people to buy day passes. Now they don't because you can only buy a season pass. Um, okay. I thought you had to be a member. It's a membership. Oh, it's a membership. Okay. It's a season pass. So uh, Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because everyone wants to get outside. And there's just not enough room. I mean, they right. have 12 rifle ranges with like 8 to 20 lanes each. And they have 17 or 18 shotgun ranges. Yeah. They were full all the time last year. 
because everyone just wanted every day, all, all times of the day, right? Because yeah, no one was working. Yeah, so uh, they just had to limit it. I mean, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't go shooting, yeah, and it was not safe because people that don't mm-hmm. know how to shoot go shooting, and they are very much on the honor system. You better know how the honor safety gun safety works, or they kick you out forever, type of thing. Yeah, and if you weren't a member and they didn't have a way to enforce that, and uh, no one got hurt, but uh, I mean, gun safety is a big deal. I used to be law enforcement. I used to teach gun safety. I'm very cautious yeah. about guns, and yeah, I shoot a lot. I mean, yeah, it's uh, the utmost importance. And I've hunted most of my adult life and all the things. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I don't stalk so well anymore. So I'm, I'm building something that I can reach out and touch somebody. I, I shoot yeah. a Remington 300. Uh, it's a Remington 700, but it's a 300 Winchester. Mm-hmm. And I'm comfortable to 650, 700 yards with that. Um, I will it's probably long. never shoot anything over 500, but I can I can pick out a steel target at 700 yards, no problem. Okay. Some of the, a lot of that's... A controlled no, environment. A lot of that is knowing how to shoot, but, um, I mean, the gun is capable. Mm-hmm. Um I've heard tell that the newer Remingtons are not as high a quality as my 25-year-old stainless Remington, but uh, I got a nice gun 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lost your lifetime. But yeah, this new one will be able to reach out if I needed to. Sweet. That's it. No stock needed. Uh, stock there it needed. is, 900 and, and, uh, yards. Yeah, and I don't hike so well, so I'm using a wheeler. Um, but yeah. I, uh, so everything, you got to be able to access it, obviously, with machine of some sort yeah i mean hunting is completely different now and i've gone out with friends a lot the last many years but uh like if you see a moose across the creek that's not a problem you shoot the moose you can find a way to cross the creek i cannot do that mm. you right. can wade across you can get wet you can drive your wheeler across you can take a raft or a canoe or pack raft or yeah go you swim. don't have that you option could, you could swim across it with one kind quarter at a time because that moose is there you may as well get it um, I don't have that option anymore. So I have to physically be able to drive there, yeah. which completely limits where I can hunt. And Alaska is a interesting state that we have absolutely no areas that are open to disabled people. Mm. Um, there are places I can get like non-motorized areas. I can get a permit to go, but it's a okay. really hard fight to get that permit because the, it's just generally not allowed. Okay. Um, so I'm working on hopefully getting someday getting a disabled moose hunt in Kincaid. Is there, is there oh, groups yeah. trying to change that in other states? Uh, every other state has a disabled hunt. They do. For a lot of different species. Um, mm. Alaska is the only state. Uh, and I have a lot of military friends, so no offense to military people. There are some disabled veterans hunts. Yep, there are. And uh, But I also know some people that are 150% disabled that have run the Boston Marathon. Because disabled veteran status does not necessarily mean you're physically disabled. Yeah. And some people are. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of gimps and amputees. I mean, I'm wearing a Team Gimp Squad hat. I'm, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a gimp. I make fun of it. But... Uh, yeah, so there are a lot of different types of disabilities in the military world that can qualify you as a disabled veteran, um, but not necessarily a physical disability. So, And those areas obviously are not able to open to me. Even though right. I was law enforcement, I was not military, and I mm-hmm. couldn't join the military because I'm a diabetic. It seems oh, like that will be changing. It should. It yeah. should. Yeah. What they're doing for the military vets is rip. Like the Wind Warriors and stuff like up at Isleson is awesome. There's a lot of disabled hunting organizations that help the military out. So, yeah. uh, and those are mostly in open hunting areas, not just disabled veteran areas. But I re- has anything been ever taken to the board to 
say, hey, we're working on that. I've uh, okay. I took it to the board of game for a uh, hunt out at Kincaid Park because there's if you do a lot of single track biking, there's oh, a lot of cows. It would be a cow hunt, or uh, antlerless hunt only in Kincaid. Mm. Yeah, yep. thin amount. And of it. Uh, when I did this, I mean, the fish and game testified between every year. And this is a couple of years ago, but every year between uh, ten and seventeen people have been ambulanced uh, because of moose attacks. That doesn't make the news very often. No, oh, no uh, of course but not. people get stomped, and I mean, I knew less than that because I knew people that didn't ride ambulance. Their friends took them to the hospital. Oh right? yeah, right. The ones that didn't go reported. These are actually EMS runs, um, so wow. that's what happens. I mean, it's a wild place. We built trails there. We're getting out and having fun. Yeah, and so it's it, part of the risk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It and is. You, but a lot of people also don't realize that i mean people don't realize that alaska is a wild place or they're they're in the city it's like oh okay i'm just gonna go for a walk in this back trail off at elmore and it's like well there's a cow and calves and there's a probably a black bear following it around and you so, know jack just mentioned a story a few weeks ago about that i mean yeah you need to kill that black bear with the orange tag in its ear <laughs> but uh, i was tagged oh yeah I he, he didn't mention thought. he didn't mention that no yeah. I, mean, yeah I live in a neighborhood right next to service high school it's between service high school and the ball fields on elmore and uh lots it, of critters in there yeah there are two thousand cubs that live in my neighborhood every year and at least one big boar and usually every year there's a brown bear running through the neighborhood yep and that's right next to an elementary school right next to a major trailhead right next to a big intersection on abbott it gets a lot of traffic yeah you run those trails or ride your mountain bike back in there you see piles of scat every 50 yards there's what's crazy is i grew up up there right in that neighborhood and rode my bike on those goat trails because they used to be goat trails before they're mountain bike trails um every day in the summer my you know is that leave the house in the morning come back for dinner and i never saw a bear really yeah I've never seen them. I see tracks and scat. But they're all, all the over time. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's oh, changed. Oh, maybe the bears, just, the bears came, come, come down. Yeah. I think like back in the day, they killed them. Well, there was a lot of the triple S's, the oh. shoot, shovel, and shut up type of concept. Um, what was that? Shoot, shovel, and shut up. Yeah. Shoot, shovel, and shut well, up. Well, the, the bear was a nuisance. You killed it and buried it. I Got totally it. agree yeah. that was happening. Uh, but also, in the last 30 years, the state has stocked salmon in Campbell Creek drainage. And they're. In, okay, that's a good in point, uh, right? North Fork Campbell Creek, like up by uh, Long Lake, there's always been sockeye up there. It's one of the highest altitude sockeye lakes around. Not just Anchorage, but it's it's up in the hills if you ever climbed up there. There's sockeye that run all the way up North Fork Campbell Creek. Um, but now there is more salmon in Lower Campbell Creek that have, you know, bears like salmon. It helps out. And yeah. it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I've seen bears too. all the time, watched bears eat salmon in the creek, and it's cool to watch until it's you. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, until you're biking and I mean, you come around a close corner and one walks out. Yeah, 15 yeah. years ago, there was a girl in a mountain bike race on Campbell Creek, and yep. she got shredded by a bear. I was in EMT then volunteering that night. I was she was the worst live person I've ever seen. I helped haul her out of the woods that night. She's uh, torn okay. up. Wow, she's doing okay now. Uh, a lot of reconstructive surgery. She can speak yeah. pretty good, but she's still going to have scars. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, well, I that, that was uh, she was the worst live person. And as a medic, I've seen lots of dead people, but she was the worst live person I've ever seen. And uh, yeah. she was 16 years old. I used to coach her in skiing when she was a little kid. And uh, oh man, yeah, that was brutal. Uh, but yeah, we were out there having a grand old time, having big bonfire at uh, the, the ball fields on Campbell Track there. And yeah, yeah, uh, there's bears everywhere. I mean, and this city and the state may have taken an aggressive approach to kill them all type of thing because they may not have killed the bear that did it but they killed a bunch of bears that year um, yeah 
but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a wild place. So I, yeah. I'm always mm-hmm. cautious. I pack 90% of the time if I'm outside. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of that, are you left-handed? Yes, sir. Okay. I saw I saw your Diamond D. I want to say that's what it was. It and is. I saw, it was, oh, what yeah. do you have there, 500 uh, or 454? It's actually a uh, Glock 20, a 10 millimeter. No, that bit. Oh, that I've, one I've had a 454. 454? So that was the uh, Ruger Super Red Hawk. But, you know, I've yeah. come to the realization that a automatic pistol is a much better operation because I can put mm. more bullets on target at a higher velocity and much more lead down range. Yeah. I'm shooting 250 grains to the 10 mil, and uh, I was shooting 350 grains to the 454. I'm shooting twice the speed and f- seven times the velo- seven times the amount of rounds down yeah. range. In the same six shots, I can get... I can get uh, 31 shots down range. And you can probably get reach out more with a longer barrel on that pistol, right? Because uh, this is like, what, a three and a half Three and a half. Inch? Yeah, it's, yeah. Sure. If you're shooting at a bear, you're shooting at less than 30 yards. True. So there's no worries about yeah. distance. So I'm not going to shoot at a bear at 50 yards where he's not in danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bear at 50 yeah. yards can easily change his mind. Yeah, yeah. A bear at 30 feet can't is, is on his way. He's coming. So. Yeah, that's true. That's interesting because there's always a big debate about that. You know, 44, 454. Uh, I have personally through work in law enforcement had to put down bears. And as a researcher or hunter, I've had to put down some other bears for DLP type things. Um, uh, 12 gauge shotgun is the best option. Yep. And apart from that, an automatic With a slug. The more the merrier on an automatic pistol. I'm a 15 plus one in a Glock and then another 15 in the magazine. I can put, I mean, I've, trained a lot i mean i have tactical training in law enforcement i've trained a lot most people scare me with guns because they don't train and they don't know how to use them yeah and they probably will miss and hit you um so if you have a gun a gun is a worthless tool if you don't train with it every very often yeah um but yeah a automatic pistol can put a lot more lead down range really quickly mm-hmm. and they don't recoil as much so people that are what about the jam so, factor that is another thing i have trained i can clear in a malfunction in less than a second. Mm. And yeah. if it's a jammed, uh, a double feed, I can do that in less than three seconds. And so that's still 40 feet for a bear. So in, yeah. in 30 yards, I can still clear that. Yeah. Well, it goes back to your, your saying about training and that's a hundred percent true. I doing. mean, you can keep this thing in your safe and take it out on your four hikes a year, but if you don't yeah. train with it, I mean, people with yeah. guns scare me. I mean, I've taught gun safety. True. People with guns scare me because they'll fumble. If you're not trained, you will fumble 100%. Well, and there's the, there's the panic factor, yeah. You will yeah. fumble. I mean, you and can train and train and train, and then that, it happens, and you freeze. You lock up. You know, that's... that's. i personally done it. I, we were talking about the Russian earlier, the Russian River. I had a sow and a cub come out, <clears throat> and I was standing in the river, and I froze. I froze for about seven seconds, and it seemed like an eternity. But I, it took that time to realize, like, whoa, like, wake up. Like, you have to – didn't do anything, and, and she stayed <coughs> on land. But it was the first time in my life I felt like, holy shit, out of control. I froze and had nothing mm. for a second. And that was scary. I always thought I'm consummate outdoorsman, protect me and my family, whatever. And I – stalled and it was it was kind of embarrassing and you never and really know you can train for that to help it get better but you never really know until Man. you know yeah um i mean and i have a really calm demeanor and i've like unfortunately had to be confronted with that situation on a lethal side like me or them type of thing 
So it, uh, I realized I'm okay with that. And in law enforcement, I was always very calm. So that helped things. Sure, um, you're trained so for that. we had a lady, we just had a recent gun bear safety class uh, for my work. And I don't go on the field all that often because I'm working on a computer drawing maps, but I will be helping our soil scientists do soils analysis pretty often. I did really well in the shooting. Obviously I have lots of training and some people didn't. We had a lady that's more of an office staff type of lady. She had trouble hitting the target. She'd never shot a shotgun. Yeah. And then they did scenario drills with the bears charging you, man, she killed every bear quickly. So and, she, and she having went, went never mad. shot a shotgun, having never figured it out, the whole fight or flight thing, she killed every bear. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you never know. You when never it, know. When, that's it ma- per- when it mattered, she showed up and she killed every bear. Yeah. I mean, she didn't miss a shot, but she had trouble hitting the broadside of a target at 10 yards away. Otherwise just aiming the gun. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you never know. You got to, I mean, until you're presented with one of those stressful situations, it's hard to tell. Either freeze or focus. Yeah. The, fi- the flight or flight concept is a, yeah. is a thing. It so. is very much so. Absolutely. Wow. Rooster's yeah. gear. Let's get into the skiing thing. Do you have that builder, they make those because obviously I've seen a lot of people that use that kind of thing down in the States and thing. And what is that? What's that called? So it's a sit ski. Uh, it's a basically a downhill mountain bike suspension type of concept uh, built into a composite bucket that you can put foam in to mold around the shape of your butt because uh, you don't want to w- have ill-fitting equipment. One of the other problems being paralyzed is you have severe atrophy in your muscles. Um, so just like if you had ever had a cast or broken leg or anything like that, your leg shrinks. I've shrunk down to nothing. I have every girl's dream. I have a small ass. You can touch my bones through my skin. Um, <laughs> not super pleasant for the uh, s- health side of things because I have to make sure I protect my skin all the time. Oh, uh, if right. you guys saw my wheelchair, when you pulled it up, it looks like a contoured butt pad that's the shape of my butt. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's a way to keep your skin padded and keep you able to – it's my mechanical knee. It's like a prosthetic knee. That whole thing acts as my knee. I can't walk, so it's, it lets me have suspension while I'm driving. Um, but I'm sitting on a single ski, and I use uh, two outriggers for kind of balance poles. They're not really crutches unless I'm actually in the lift line or something. Now, those have little ski things on the bottom of it? You can't see in the Yeah, picture. so it's kind of like uh, walking a tightrope. It's for balance and crutches. It helps you extend your arms, uh, shift your weight, things like that. Uh, you can sort of self-correct, but if you try to self-correct in powder, they're going to act like a dead man anchor and will spin you around. <laughs> it's not the most pleasant thing. Are you locked oh, into that? Is there like a seatbelt kind of thing, a harness? Or I have straps around my thighs, straps around my waist, straps around my feet. I am. If I take a cartwheel, I'm going with it. Unless, of course, I rip out, which we may talk about that. Are your ankles ankles (laughs) strapped together, too? Yeah. My feet are strapped in on all these things. And then my new one has a whole composite shell that covers my legs, so it helps keep the snow and the wind off, too. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Okay. I saw the picture of that. So it doesn't doesn't dust you real bad? Everything falls into my lap as this wind makes it slide off. How heavy is your new one? Uh, they aren't light pieces of machinery. And again, I'm six, five, so I need a bigger tool than everyone else. Mm. Uh, there it's about 55 pounds. So I'm 250 pounds. It's about 50. I'm on a single ski at 300 pounds going down the mountain barreling fast. So stay out of of my way. Watch out. Gravity is my friend. I used to ski uphill all the time too at the same weights, but I'm just as a big tall dude, I was not that big at six, five. I mean, I was just tall. Yeah. So how do you get on the, on the chairlift? Does it just slide up under you? Uh, yeah, the ski has two outrigger poles, and I turn them into crutches by flipping up the ski parts, and I do a dip, and I lift up as the chair slides under my butt. Okay. 
Uh, I don't have. And then what about when you exit? You just kind of jump on and go down. Throw my weight forward and push off and pitch down the hill. And go. Keep on going. Try not to get stuck on the chairlift. Some of those chairlifts are made out of grippy rubber because they don't want people to fall off of them. Sometimes that makes me get stuck to them. And I've I've run the bull wheel before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I missed that one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you only have you only have one try, and if you miss that try and you're stuck to the thing and you pitch yourself forward, you're running into the bull wheel. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Not. I think Jack was at the top of the mountain when I did that. He wasn't part of the helping crew, but he saw me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't help you wreck. I helped you uh, get back up. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, but you, I don't. I don't think that was your fault. Someone came in your way, and you, uh, you did the genuine them. thing and went around. Yeah, uh, you know, crashes happen. But yeah. uh, I, I tried to avoid people, and I'm really good at avoiding trees, rocks, children, lift towers, things like that. So yeah, yeah. So do you you dial that thing that binding in super tight? What's it like? How many? So I'm using an 18 din free ride binding, and I dial it like six cranks past 18. So uh, it's not a solid spring, uh, but it, I crank it the spring solid and back it off half a turn. So it's it's not going to release. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a really bad deal if I release from a binding because I can't walk back to my ski. Right. Pause right there. How fast have you yeah. got that thing up to? I've been clocked at over 80. Yeah. Uh, that's with Alpine race bindings and a 218 centimeter downhill ski, like the way you when I was training for Arctic Man. Uh, okay. Is it in, was that alley or where? Yeah, you know, you straight line down trap line. All right. Or a uh, prospector, you can straight line those on it. Yeah. Uh, when you're doing speed training days, they let the groups for the Alpine race team and the adaptive teams run before the mountain opens oh, okay they oh. do not want people going that fast when there's people on oh that. yeah no totally. way totally. yeah you ever wreck on that fast yeah i wrecked at arctic man oh yeah <laughs> oh really <laughs> oh doing the race mid mid pull or after you let go uh beef on off the tit straight oh off. damn dude yeah, that's 60 <laughs> that's 58 degree down slope uh it's uh oh so you rolled hard you're straight dude. lining i made it about 400 meters hit hit a cross track someone trenched the uphill and i hit the trench and kicked sideways a snow oh. machine trench <laughs> wow he's yeah, gonna pull yeah, up pictures. Yeah. i have pictures in video <laughs> okay really quick we're yeah. looking at your state trooper um that picture? was a graduation picture. What? No, no one in there has a beard, so I don't know who you are. Are you in the brown? He's, he's the parks. I, I, I'm the parky there in, uh, in the brown and green? Brown shirt, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I shaved for most of my law enforcement career. Uh, when I was working backcountry in the winter, I was allowed to have like a number two setting on the buzzer, which is pretty freaking short, it, even shorter than what you got. Uh, yeah. So I, once a week, shaved my whole head. It was great. Yeah. Uh, that's what if I was working backcountry in the winter only. I, if I was front country, I had to be shaved that day. If I was ever front country in the summer, I had to be shaved. Front uh, country? I've never heard that word. So, Me either. Uh, I did a lot of stuff on snow machine tours back in the woods. Uh, okay. Yeah, so I was, just I was running cabins, running backcountry patrols, running wildlife trapping patrols, all so that the, kind of stuff. So where stuff I was yeah. dealing with people, but backcountry type stuff. Uh, okay. If I was running the front, like the front cabins and there's no campgrounds in the winter because they close them all down. So the winter is a whole different operation for state parks, but generally I was clean shaven, huh. which okay. is uh, you know, I look like a 12 year old. So, and so front, <laughs> front country was like road access stuff, office cabins. 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 Cab- okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I went down to Willow. I was out in Nancy Lake is where I was based. So that was also Willow Creek. Willow Creek's great for fishing. There's a, crap ton of people they're fishing every weekend during king season and oh all gosh. the time the rest of the year oh yeah i mean it's it's a beautiful campground 
and all almost all the spaces are RV sized, so you can camp there on an RV or a tent site. Or some of the new Willow Creek campground. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's, that's like 15 huge. years old now. It was five years before I got hurt is when they refixed it up. Okay, freshly um, paved it in, all that. Oh yeah, and all the campsites, fire rings, everything, and it's yeah. not one where you have to reserve it as much because it's not really a campsite. You camp next to your RV spots. Yeah, I mean, whereas, it's kind of a parking lot, but it is nice. Yeah, whereas yeah. Nancy Lake has reservable campsites and uh-huh. things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so. bring the thermosel out there. I'll tell you that. Oh, dude, I, I told you last. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. last dude, year Costco is selling a USB chargeable <laughs> thermosel now. What do they got? You can buy a battery-powered USB chargeable thermosel at Costco now. Is that what the, I it's saw? All awesome. those. Oh, I didn't. I really took it on the new trip. It's oh, awesome. Okay, it worked good. It's at Were Costco? the mosquitoes bad last weekend at Little? I happen to go to Costco every day, so. I'll get us all one. That yeah. is a <laughs> no, I want. I need one this yeah. weekend. That is yeah. a frame of reference. I would say there was mosquitoes there. Okay. Um, <laughs> it wasn't hunting season bad. Well, I went out last night to Willow, and it was atrocious, dude. I mean, I was. But it's still not hunting season bad. I, I mean, I was <laughs> surprised. I mean, I know usually mid-June it's pretty bad, but it was. I mean, as soon as I rolled up and jumped off the boat, I was like, oh. That's not so bad. Okay, the buzz bombers later, are gone. I'm like, the buzz bomb fifty two bombers are gone. The, the kamikazes are in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, the, the big female, the big, the females are gone. You're right. I I probably pulled like fifty right to your eye or your ear, ear in your ear, right hole, your just, eye in your ear every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Direct it to kamikaze the eye. right in your eyeball. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw a picture uh, of a sheep up there. Yeah, go oh, back yeah, to that yeah, shoot. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, off Bellicose Peak in Peters Creek area. Oh, okay, you draw you draw that one. Uh, if we can, you zoom in on this picture at all? Uh, you got you got a ponytail going on there. I had dreads and a goat. Oh, you had wow. dreads. oh yeah, uh, full dread. Huh? So at the Damn. bottom of the river near a curve, Ira was getting iry. Anyway, there's our tents at the bottom of the riverbed there. So. Uh, oh, but okay. we're, we're like, I think Bellicose is one of the taller peaks in the Chugach. And uh, we were on the Peters Creek side of Bellicose. Um, but it's a ways back there. Chugach, yeah, those are gnarly mountains. We uh, we hiked in off uh, Ram Valley and Eagle River. Had a friend that owned some property up there. Uh-huh. Um, those friends are really nice. And all the people that have been trespassing ruin it for everyone. Um, trespassing is really nice if you ask permission first. So all the people trying to get outside... Please don't trespass in the mountains. Please ask for permission. And the people are a lot nicer if you're nice to them and talk to them and don't dump garbage in their lawn. And Yeah. Um, totally. But, yeah, we hiked over Ram Valley, uh, saw an airplane crash. There's a yellow dot. Oh, your tent's down in there? It's on the uh, uphill side of the of Peters Creek. Lower, 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 lower. Next to all the, the other yellow stuff? Off to right the left. There. Off to the left, 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 left. left. There, right there. Right there. Oh, right yeah, there. Right there. Oh, right here That's on the my, river. That's uh, my two-person North Face tent, so. Oh, okay. Damn, so you just got up and like, hey, Ram, right there. There were five. We only Sweet. we chased them over the other side of the mountain, and then they came back this way. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was, looks like a nice Ram, it was fat, fat boy. It was Look fat. at the neck um, on that thing. Yeah, it was fat. It was like. Yeah, it does have a fat neck on it. Just yeah. over full curl, but uh, yeah, whatever. Big bases. Uh, really was, dark. I was 23 then-ish. I was out of college. Something like yeah. that. So. Young stud. Nice looking Ram. Yeah, that's Pretty really nice day out there. Uh, my buddy got blisters and decided he couldn't hike over the top to go back to Ram Valley. Where, so we hiked out Peters Creek, so it was 19 miles out. Uh, with, oh, with sh- that five, was better? Five river cro- no, it wasn't better. Yeah. With five river crossings. <laughs> yeah. And his uh, oh man, his, uh, girlfriend at the time went and picked us up. She was living in Indian. And uh, so she drove up. We knocked on somebody's door at 
oh dark 30 might have been close to midnight um covered in mud with a dead animal on her back asked <laughs> there's no cell phones back then so no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um asked if we could call to get a ride because <laughs> we were supposed to we were going to go to our car on Grand valley um that didn't right. work out so well that you're uh, 700 there uh that is a 280 remington okay my grandfather's nice. rifle oh that's cool I've still got it. I have now put a recall suppressor and a better scope on it, but yep. that was a four power weaver scope um, from the sixties. Sweet. Uh, it used to be called a uh, Remington seven millimeter express. Oh, oh yeah. That yeah. Was, yeah. That uh, was a popular mountain rifle back in the day. Yeah. Right? It's super yeah. nice. I've gotten like four moose and like eight or nine caribou with it before I bought my 320 nice. years ago. So cool. So what year was it when you graduated um, from the academy? I'm going to go back to I that broke my back in November 2010 and graduated from the academy in April or May of 2010. So it was the same year. I had been working right in law enforcement academy. doing training for the year and a half prior. So Okay. Um, so like almost like would be like an internship? <laughs> so, <laughs> to, uh, well, you have to take time. I got hired and then I yeah. couldn't go through the academy for another year because it's full. Oh, And you okay. have to... Also, I was on probation, so it's literally like complete military background checks, fingerprints, but blood testing, anal probe. I mean, literally, they checked for everything. So. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't doubt it. I wasn't joking about the anal probe, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bend, bend over and spread them. Uh, no, but I mean, it was check like. Check this out. Uh, it was a long <laughs> process to even get go through the academy. I mean, they knew I was, I passed the security clearances, so that's why I got hired. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good job. I mean, I got to do a lot of the public safety stuff before I get hurt. And then the lawns or, and then the law enforcement, actual carry gun, diff, you know, the whole law enforcement, get rid of assholes. Um, yeah. actually after I got out of academy, got done with training. I mean, it was several months of field training just to even be able to be on my own. So, wow. Wow. And, and so the, all the field training you were doing, was it remote? Uh, it was all over Alaska with other officers that have had enough experience to be a field training officer. So okay. I worked down in Homer, uh, out in Kachemek Bay State Park. I've worked on the Kenai River. I've worked up in Fairbanks. I've, I mean, I did things all over Alaska. So I was pretty mobile for that year. And your guys uh, and gals that were training you um, were all really good? I mean, were the, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good operation. And I as a biologist had known several of them and as okay. an outdoors person I had known men more of them. And, um, it, it was pretty good. I mean, my problem at the Academy was I went to college with a sergeant and I knew my tattoo artist was, or a guy who was a tattoo artist that I would have tattoos and he had tattoos. We talked about all the time was a Lieutenant. I had a really big problem with saying yes, sir. No, sir. I called Aww. them by their first names and I was also at age 35 older than most of the people in the academy, and I was super fit, so I was one of the better athletes there. I had a really big problem with calling them sir because I used to drink beers with them. Um, yeah, naturally, and, right? And I mean, as a result, I did that many thousands of push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and got bigger and stronger and more yeah, athletic than them. Bench yeah. press. Um, because, you know, they have to – it's it's a – not military, but it's semi-military. I was also yeah. one of the very few people. There's a was, hierarchy. You gotta. I was that. one of. Uh, there were forty something people. I was one of only like two that had not been in the military. Oh, okay. That's a very common part of law enforcement. It's ex-military people, so. right? And they're already used to those ranks, the sir, um, yeah, all that. Yeah, for sure. You know. uh, and I, I mean, I wanted to join the military. 
at one point, um, but I couldn't. So um, wildlife enforcement, law enforcement was a good option for me. Um, but yeah, that was a problem that I knew personally more than half of all the staff at the academy. Okay. Um, was that because of the diabetic thing? Uh, yeah, as a, a diabetic, I, I signed up for the military after college and they got pissed off when uh, my dad was military and all that. So I have lots of, I went to military hospitals all through as childhood. They had all my records. They somehow missed a part that I was diabetic. Um, wow. they looked at all the broken bones and stitches, you know, the outdoorsy boy things you do in Alaska. Um, yeah. They're like, yeah, is he he's healed structurally sound. <laughs> Good. They missed the 500 pages of diabetes. Uh, ah. So I signed up and they got super pissed that I didn't tell them when I was ready to ship out. Um, like I was, I was heading out. But you uh, probably were more disappointed than they were. I was pretty disappointed. I mean, I've done, I mean, I'd like climbed all the big mountains in Alaska by my mid twenties at this point. I've rafted a lot of big rivers, like month long trips. And I worked seasonally as a biologist. I mean, I could do lots of things. In my off the woods, yeah. I mean, I crossed big mountain ranges on, month-long trips i mean i've done a lot of the things yeah and uh so i was more fit than probably most of the people going into the academy yeah but yeah. uh yeah uh so i stayed with it as a biologist so yeah. that was also really fun i had traveled yeah. a lot you, you were able to refocus and be like all right well obviously military is not a option this is what i'm gonna do i got paid to fly in helicopters and airplanes best fishing spots in alaska yeah. and occasionally yeah, i had bummer. to do research work but you know that's only like 16 hours a day and you can fish the other eight hours a day yeah perfect you and touched on earlier um sorry did i interrupt you you're good um on the no attack and that's one of the trips that's really been on my list to do and i had another buddy who did it one of the mother teacher friends what's the um the in and out and the, the details of that there are lots of in and outs i mean it's gates of the arctic national park and it's a uh -huh. national wildlife refuge as well, that or national park and preserve. Uh, so the town of Noatak is a couple miles across the bay from Kotzebue. So you can fly in and fly out of Kotzebue. There's okay. stuff like that. Or you could go in the long-term way and go in out of uh, Anaktuvik Pass in the Brooks Range. And it's very short distance to the actual Noatak River from there and drop a raft or get a food drop with a raft or something like that. Um, so that's a 50. 10 to 15 day trip if you're doing it that way okay how did you the, do it i went into uh anecdotal. Anecdotal, yeah. you did. but uh the the best fishing is in the last third of the river i mean there's closer to the coast when you hear about football shaped rainbows they got football shaped char up there yeah I mean, literally fatter than they are long yeah and there's she fish in there too right at times i was there late may um yeah, because I think they, they ice fish those in the no. brackish water in the spring. Uh, we caught, she, I worked on the Yukon River for five years. Okay. We caught she fish uh, like in near St. Mary's and Pilot Station. That's almost 100 miles upriver. We were fly, oh. fishing Rapala's for them. They're topwater bait. Dude, they, they have eyes on the they They're tarpon. They look like a tarpon. Yeah. They have yeah. eyes on the top of their head. And they're like sucking up here with a big undercut belly mouth and they're like way ready to go so. oh yeah and then they just whale it up right uh, like they're the, the hardest fighting fish for three seconds they're like okay you got me i'm done pull me in yeah pull me really in. <laughs> but those three seconds man they rip out a hundred well, feet of line <laughs> well and you want and you want to catch like the you want to catch like the if i remember right you want to get like the 15 pound males they're the better fighters no they're all like a three second fight oh, oh even the, the big ones are the they're small like ones? oh uh, wait, this is awesome we're done that's kind of like, that's how a pike it's, kind of fights almost a little uh, bit. Pikes still sort of do the slow fight after the first hard fight. These are like. A oh. big one really does, but the little ones are like, done. 
to some extent. Pike yeah. still sort of fight a little bit. Yeah. She fish are like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and how are Just they eating? Deep. They're pretty awesome. They uh, it's a white fish. It's uh super it, bony too, right? Uh, no, they have, okay. they aren't like pike where they have extra bones. It's the same bones. All the other fish have, okay. uh, I mean, their pin bones are ma- like halibut pin bones or rockfish pin bones are a little thicker. Okay. But it's still the same bones. Pike are the only ones with the Y bones. Uh, yeah. yeah. They and suck. Pike white bones are fine. Great, you but pull them out. And, or you cut them into three fillets instead of one fillet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, she fish are pretty awesome. They're ice fish for them. Uh, and you can catch them probably through June in the coastal waters. Mm-hmm. And, but mm-hmm. they're, they're swimming up to Fairbanks to go eat all the smolt. They're eating smolt. Okay. And they, they're anadromous. They go, they spawn, and they go back out to the ocean. Yep. yep. What was that word? Anadromous. That's a fish that lives both in freshwater and saltwater and spawns in the freshwater. So steelhead do that. Uh, cut through. Some char, a lot of char yep. do that. Cut through it, do that. Not all cut through it. So cut through so, it can do that. Yeah. Down like Cordova area, they do that for yeah. sure. Yeah. And Whittier. Uh, there's this thing called the Anadromous Waters Catalog. It's very important for wildlife management in Alaska, and it's all rivers that have salmon are anadromous. All salmon are. They, they spawn mm. in the ocean. Okay. They spawn in fresh water and go out to the ocean to live. So all places that have anadromous fish have been mostly cataloged in Alaska. It's really important for habitat management and all kinds of mm. things like that. Yeah. As a biologist, that was really important to my work. Yeah. Do you have a favorite fish to eat? I'm on the seafood diet. <laughs> it, no, this is not S E A. This is S E E. So <laughs> if I see food, I'm allowed to eat it. But there was just one. That you, <laughs> if there was just one, just one. If you could just choose one, uh, I like king salmon and coho salmon. They have a little higher fat content. They're really good for sushi. That way, uh, they make the best pickled fish. Pickled cubed salmon is pretty freaking amazing. Oh, I've never had. Uh, never actually had pickled salmon. You ever eaten pickled herring? Yes. Imagine that with a fatty king salmon Ooh, or a silver salmon. That oil just all in the can. Because herring is pretty out. oily too. No, it doesn't oh, yeah. juice out. It's just it's in the meat, but it's the same. That same oh, I was texture. thinking like a smoked canned. You know, the fat kind of like clumps oh, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, I love but, that. Uh, yeah, pickled salmon is pretty awesome, mm. uh, and they're good for grills because you just they stay oh, they yeah. stay moist. Um, Grilled piece of king is the best. Yeah. But I eat a lot of reds because they're easy to get and uh, they're tasty. And I mean, we're eating yeah, three types of red here. We're eating yeah. fish bellies, f- uh, smoke fillets, and lox. Yeah, those bellies yeah. were killer. Uh, yeah. King lox is still the best lox, but I'm not going to share that with you guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about what about meat. red meat or game meat? Do you have a favorite? Uh, I'm on whatever I'm able to get. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, there are. I do not shoot things in rut. Uh, I've got 15 or 16 caribou under my belt at this point. Uh, I ate one in rut one time, and that's one of those things you only do once. Yeah, yeah. I it's have awful, never man. shot one, but I've eaten goat in rut. Goat in rut is worse, and that's, you know, it's just one of the things you only do once. And nowadays, it's kind of nice. They've shut down the seasons during the rut. Yeah. The meat processors won't take stuff. I mean, I process all my own meat, but they just try to keep people from shooting things they're going to have to waste. Even dogs won't eat caribou and rut. It's yeah. that bad. I have friends oh, around slug dogs. So the people I went uh, canoeing this weekend, one of them is Christy Barrington. She's multiple. I did a rod racer. I think she's got 12 or 13 edited rods now. Um, yeah, her dogs won't take meat and rut. That's pretty gross. <laughs> if a dog, yeah, won't, if a dog won't eat it, it's pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, they know. It's like, oh, that smells and tastes like piss. Um, but That's yeah, nice. I... Uh, I've got 10 moose under my belt. Those are pretty tasty and big amount of meat. Mm-hmm. It's a little, I've gotten 
two since I got hurt. Um, it's a little harder for me to get at them these days. Yeah. But uh, I've noticed that machinery like a, a gin pole or even a front end loader is really nice. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. Somebody's um, private property. Do you have like a gin, a gin pole or a dabit on? I'm there? building one yeah. this year. Uh, it's going to hook onto the bump, rear bumper and cool. I'll put a winch on the rear end. So Yeah. I have a design that uh, one of our friends did. If you I, need it, I am willing to look at it. I've only seen one and it was on the front end and that wouldn't work for my wheeler, but I think there's a way I can rig uh, cables to the back by the frame and tie it to the cab. So this and this went to the back and it would, but it cable to the frame by the cab and then it would hook onto the bumper and the winch would be at the bumper. Yep. That's so, what I think I needed to do. Yeah. This was a, a design done by our friend. That's an engineer that went um, from the front with the winch your normal four-wheeler or six-wheeler winch ran back underneath with a pulley system then up like the davit or gin pole or whatever and then back down and i have a good picture of a 63 inch moose being pulled up with it yeah i'm i'm interested in looking at new ideas because yeah. i i am now at the point where that's the only way i'm going to be able to get a moose yeah i mean i i've personally got 49 big game animals in alaska since i've been a kid and I've helped butcher another 50 or 60. I mean, at my house, I've processed 102 animals now. So, Damn. I mean, I've done a lot. And I've helped a lot even after I got hurt done moose. That It's a lot of work to roll a moose over. Oh, man. A bison <laughs> definitely required a truck. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we used we used a truck to roll the bison over. Um, two people was me and, and Kurt's not a small person either. Oh, yeah. Kurt's a monster. Uh, it was difficult with two of us. Yeah. Um, I was wondering about the, the meat quality of that bison. I... I personally think the bison's my favorite game meat. I was just curious what you thought of it versus moose caribou. It was pretty awesome, but bison is a cow. It had, yeah. it had marbled meat. It was pretty awesome. It was not the lean meat you think about more a wild game. It's a bovid. Mm -hmm. So bison and cows, they have beefaloes. You can interbreed. Um, it's pretty cool. Yaks and bison and cows are all um, bovid. They have cloven hoofs. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, having worked in wild as a, wildlife biologist before I was a fisheries biologist. It was, uh, it's pretty cool to study that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's great to um, learn that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really tasty. Um, but I'm not going to say it's my favorite meat because I can probably not going to get another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, oh, yeah. I get bison every year. And, and I honestly, sheep tastes great. I don't think it's the best meat out there. You have to work really hard to get it, but it's, yeah. it's that's what good, makes it it's taste really good. good meat. So the experience makes things taste better. The memories of why you got mm. it is pretty awesome. That's a good point. But I think moose is probably the best all around because caribou, mm. it's a lot of meat. And caribou is, my caribou last five years have been cut with a fork tender. Mm. I mean, you don't have to get them in rut. Uh, let's just right. put it that way. But yeah. I'm literally cut with a fork tender. And the tenderloins are even better than that, cut with spoon tender. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, moose is tasty. Caribou is tasty. If you get them the right time of year, I get them early. Really I always matters. go early season. Age. Right. I, I always go first week of season because it's generally not near rut. I mean, I've, yeah, I've got close. things where you can call them in. It's closer to rut, but and it worked for moose. I mean, but I'd rather not worry about the meat. Um, yeah, That's but moose have call. a lot of meat. It's pretty good tasting, and you can yeah. do a lot of things with it. Yeah, yeah I've, I've shot a. I want to. I don't want to say he was fully rut. I want to say he was in maybe the beginning, and I chewed on that moose for two years. Until I finally got the rest of that meat out of my freezer, and it was a nice big old bowl, but the meat sucked. I mean, that was the one bummer about 
And it was a lot of meat too. And, and, and I would like to get another big bull someday. Um, yeah. I don't have the antlers anymore. They got kind of disposed of in a financial situation. Um, oh. uh, I got divorced a while ago, but that's... I, I figured that's what you were talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's weird how that uh, happens. Yeah, I mean, she didn't take the antlers. It just kind of was part of the deal. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I will probably not have as many opportunities to shoot after a big animal. So, I, But I would never done the trophy thing i was like the first dead first brown is down yeah that's yeah. pretty yeah. much the way it works yeah i mean i last year i got we got uh a bull and a cow and we got but we got three cows and two bulls out of the five that are shooting yeah caribou first, right yeah the yeah. Fir first ones yeah um, all good eaters i'm sure oh yeah yeah jack are you gonna are we gonna do trivia today oh we can yeah let's get that loaded up um while you uh do the shout out right quick yeah yeah no i'm ready to roll on that Let's do a sponsorship shout out to uh, Tailored Restoration, 24-hour uh, emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling, including burst pipes, overflowing toilets, downed trees, fires, pet accidents, and vandalism. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you any time of day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, uh, Eagle River, or Matsu. Uh, also including Fairbanks up north. Uh, hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Uh, they'll get you taken care of. We promote them heavily. They're a good outfit. Um, they're all about helping Alaskans in, in, a, in a time of need. And, uh, you know, if you live up here long enough, we probably all experienced something where you had a house yeah. issue a leaky pipe uh you know we we're talking about that earthquake earlier i know those guys were busy dealing with that you know a couple yeah, years ago yeah so. once again i grabbed the ram off the wall <laughs> <laughs> so um i clear. think i think i was trying to connect to the uh to the oh, tv real yeah. quick so he could yeah, show yeah, us yeah. And, and while while you guys take care of that i'm just going to get rid of the, to do the serranos real quick since 2008 uh, serranos is anchorage's own new generation of old cocina their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display traditional flavors. Using the best ingredients that are available, that are available they focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menus include handcrafted corn tortillas, serrano salsa, carne asada marinades, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience the tradition and sabor for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights. Check out the tequila bar at their Northern Lights location. Mm, smoke tequila. All right, let's get after some trivia. Huh? Let's do it. All right. Oh, before we start the trivia, we were talking about the other night of, of a, like, we need some sort of, like, a oh, yeah. intro or <laughs> a jingle or oh, something yeah. where, like, people know it's trivia time. So if anyone has any good ideas, um, yeah. let us know. Oh, and speaking about good ideas, did you tell them that, that someone came at us with the boat name? Do you have a oh. boat name yet? Oh, we, dude. we have some boat name, you know, top names, but not picked. Uh, what was it? Deep Insider. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jack, since you work in the cider world, there's all kinds of bad names. Oh, cider. there is. Yeah, we, we've been we've been thinking about the that insider. Was a good laugh, though. <laughs> the deep insider. Is deep pretty insider. Funny. I don't that's, know. that's thanks to Dan, does your uh, does your truck have a Cummins engine? <laughs> <laughs> we always say soaked inside. 
soaked in <laughs> yeah, cider. Yeah, we do say soaked in cider a lot. Yeah. Barely in cider. There's a whole bunch you could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan was proud of that. He's, yeah, that was good. He's like, oh, what, how, do, how do I do it? And then we, neither, neither one of us got back to him how to do the vote. So he's well, the vote like, was like months ago. Yeah, so he like, because he was listening to the, the Josh Weeds podcast. Oh, yeah. And then he, <laughs> he's like, can't help himself. He's like, it's deep insider. <laughs> nice he just work, could not wait to tell somebody. Dan might get his trip on the boat. Is that what we said? Who gets it? What's the winning get? Yeah, I think they got a trip on the on they the, trip a, they on get the boat. charter on, the, on whatever it's called. That's, yeah. that's yeah. definitely top of the list there. Yeah. Deep insider. Yeah. You might get the deep insider. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I so like what's that. this jingle? Oh, okay. no, we're, we're trying to think of something where it's like, you I know, we play idea. it, you know, yeah, and we just know button. it's either yeah. back behind the trivia, like while we're doing the trivia or some sort of like something that we know the trivia is coming. Oh, it'd be fun. So Let's I was thinking it. like some sort of a quirky, but like cool song. So it was like quirky, dork, because we're, we're, we always botch it so hard. Like we, we <laughs> just don't know what we're talking about. And so I wanted it to be like silly and quirky. And then I wanted it to have like a silly movie quote. Wow. Like I, I was telling Daniel last night, uh, the first thing that came to mind was uh, the movie quote from Dumb and Dumber when he's like, oh, Samsonite. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to think of the gal's name and he yeah, says yeah. the manufacturer yeah. of the, the suitcase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking like a quirky song and then like that 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 uh, quote and then it would be like, you know, some you know like like who's that guy like it would have yeah. like this little like jingle to it and then it would segue into like old 70s uh, like a, or yeah something. so if any listeners yeah. out there can think of something uh that that were that uh, you know i'm yeah. explaining man i we, think we're down I, for ideas i think for the the silly movie quote from role models it's like you can't bullshit a bullshitter there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And then we just need a nice, a nice little jingle. Like maybe like something like Will Smith, uh, you know, back back in the day, like Fresh Prince style. Oh, you know, okay. Like, yeah. Like, that's yeah. what I mean. Just that, a, yeah. like a quirky, cool yeah. jingle that's like. Well, we'll find it. We'll put it on one of the pads so that it's just like <laughs> trivia time. Well, that way the listeners know, man, when the, like that jingle starts, it's like, ooh, trivia time. <laughs> so. All right. So here's the jingle. Then. All right. Trivia time. This plant has been eaten by people from Alaska for generations. The plant can grow up to two feet tall and it features beautiful pink and purple leaves. The fruit of this plant is not edible, but its root system is a great source of vitamin C, protein, and fiber. It can be eaten raw, boiled, baked, or fried. Fireweed. Oh, I had one. It's wrong. Um, no, oh, damn. Jack's expression wasn't um, like, "Oh, he got it first time." It can be what? It could be what? Eat. Say the last part. Say the whole thing again. I'm not going to say. Say the last part. <laughs> can be eaten raw, boiled, baked, or fried. Uh, rhubarb. Oh. Uh, Eskimo potato. That's right. Eskimo, Eskimo potato. potato. Oh, it's kind of like a. Well, it kind of does look like a yeah. fried bit. Okay. Um, McCandless did not die of that. He died of lots of. A, other things because he didn't have any food. He died during the winter. They don't grow in the winter. <laughs> That's the dude in the bus. Yeah. 
All right, so we'll roll into the next one. So Damn, Ira just slammed us, dude. I was like, yeah. Well, he's knew. a freaking biologist. I know. And this and that and 10 million things. Smart so guy. We know a bunch of like <laughs> record uh, vegetables Alaska has grown, but. Do we? <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, but we also have the record cantaloupe. How big wow. what? was the record cantaloupe? Could we do a multiple choice? Are we talking weight? <laughs> Wait, can't go over. Can we do multiple choice? No. How many pounds was this largest cantaloupe? 67. Go ahead, Ira. 42. Uh, 28. Damn, you were close. 65, Daniel. Damn. So Ira got it. I was up two, two on you two guys. Two. Man, he, two we need to bring him in for trivia every time. What the hell? 60-pound cantaloupe. Like, how big was that physically looking? I got a picture. Probably looks like one of those like balls like that a, you stretch like a, out like on Like a beach ball? Gym. Like a beach ball, maybe? They grow that shit in greenhouses. I mean, yeah. they don't grow up here. Oh. But uh, watermelons grow out in Palmer. You can grow a little watermelons yeah. outside. You, you think they grew it in a greenhouse? 100%. Really? Like all the all the monster pumpkins are growing in greenhouses. Oh, the last big one that was over 2,000 pounds, the guy had to remove his greenhouse to put it on the trailer. Oh, really? <laughs> wow, couldn't cool. roll it out? <laughs> he has a double French door and couldn't get it out. The, the whole greenhouse is just one pumpkin? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't see it, but I saw the process of them getting onto the trailer. They had to op- they had to disassemble the greenhouse. Wow! Is there a prize for that when they win that at the fair? Is just like the dude the first you get place bragging rights. The bragging okay. rights. Yeah, I mean, okay. that is the ultimate reason to do big things. <laughs> That's, That's right. It. Coming okay. from uh, Chive's most interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew a five pound tomato when I was like nine years old, and I won like the junior prize for tomatoes. Nice five pound tomatoes. Tomato. Big as, that, big. big as that bear almost. Yeah. Jesus. All right, I got one more. Just so juicy. This, this is a okay. infamous poisonous berry. It has white and red. It's white or red. Look for a black spot on the red berry. It tastes very bitter, so most people don't die of it because they end up spitting it out. They can cause cardiac arrest. Um... What is that thing called? I see it in my mind's eye. I just don't know what it's called. I, I want to say salmon berry, but that's edible. No, that's right? edible. Yeah. Oh, isn't that cute? Look at you guys, huh? It I was very that guy's cute. Face friends off. Helping friends. Yeah. What are you guys what, what did you selling have on your, secrets over there? What did you have on your face there? What was that? Piece of cracker. Oh. Oh, okay. He likes eating delicious food. He's getting crazy with that hooligan. I was eating some lox, actually. You guys aren't eating it. Lox is best eaten fresh, so... Yeah. Oh, we're gonna eat it. We just didn't want to munch on the cam- on the mic. <laughs> yeah, just move the mic away. It's my secret. There you go. <laughs> uh, so you guys got an answer for this yet? Oh, um, I'm stumped on that. Boysenberry. I don't know why. That's my my daughter me. was like on a kick last summer. She got a book and she's like, "Oh, Dad, you know you can eat this and you can't eat that." And she kept pointing out that berry when we would go out in the woods. She's like, "Oh, it's got the spot, Dad. You can't eat that." And, yeah, it's the white uh, spot, right? I kept being like, oh, yeah, honey, that's right. Yeah, but I wasn't listening to exactly what, she was what the berry was. Well, she just said it 100 times, so, yeah. I, it, you know. Um, Ira knows. I know Ira knows it. Ira go go ahead, Ira. I, I, don't, I, I just don't know. It would be dogwood. No. Is it baneberry? Yeah. Baneberry. Baneberry, yeah. okay. I didn't know no. white ones grew up here. Okay, well, they're both poisonous, so. Yeah, yeah we have more than one deadly berry. Yeah. Uh, Damn, I know. wonder what poor bastard is the first one to discover that one. 
I've never eaten them, but as a part of my oh, yeah. interesting man process growing up in Alaska, I uh, learned all that how to survive out in the woods for weeks on end. So. Yeah. He didn't yeah. discover it. It was his friend that watched him die discovered it. <laughs> That's right. Bane? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's this one's bad. Let the world know. <laughs> <laughs> they both have white. They both have black spots, and there's white and red ones. So. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so what you're saying. Well, it's risky though, business too, like with the mushrooms and stuff. There's generally oh, no mushrooms. white berries that are tasty in Alaska. We'll just leave it there. Yeah. For sure. You know, even mm-hmm. like a really good ripe blueberry is still really sour. I mean, I'm not saying it's not good, but I don't know what you've been eating. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about the high the high tundra stuff like in caribou territory uh, and things I, again, like that. Again, I don't know what you've been eating. I mean remember the ones we were eating last year? We were, we, were, we were coming down, and, and we come across that huge patch, and they were mixed with the blackberries. It was weird. The blueberries and blackberries were kind of, like, in, intermingled. Oh, those, like, little crowberries? Crowberries. There you go. Those are tasty. They don't have – they have a lot of seeds in pits, but you can suck on them and then spit the stuff out. Yeah. And you got to get them real early in the season. I mean, I'm not – look, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying they're not sweet. I'm just saying they're – you know, you go buy grocery store blueberries, and they taste like candy, and then – I don't know. I, I, just taste I totally disagree. Yeah. I think that the the blueberries we have here are so superior to the store blueberries that really? it's not even. I can't yeah. even stand them. And when my kids eat them, they're like, "What's this?" Like, yeah. we usually eat this other thing. Yeah. Well, just like everything else, like the shrimp they eat compared to the store, or, you know. Yeah, I'll tell but you, my uh, they are tart. They are they, tart. There they you are go. Tart. That's, that's what I meant to say. Acid than the ones that's what the I, that's what I meant to say. Sour was the wrong word. Tart is exactly right. I will tell you, though, you throw in some pancakes in camp. Mm-hmm. Mm. Get out of here. You were going to town on those. I don't know what you're talking Heather's about. Heather's Choice oh, makes I, a nice little biscuit pancake I, mix. I mean, dude, you got, I wasn't what? saying they're bad. I'm or just they saying did they're at like, one point. They're tart. Actually, whatever <laughs> they make, you can mix and make pancakes. Yeah, I bet you can do that. <laughs> so is there anything on your bucket list that you still want to do Alaska-wise? Uh, you know, it's probably never going to happen. But, you know, maybe someday they'll have a way to let me drive a helicopter to go shoot a sheep. I mean, I can oh. get, you can get permits to do a lot of stuff because other people, I physically can't do that. Like a sheep or goat. And like, I currently know of five salt licks that I can get to with my wheeler where there's full krill sheep to go there. I've never seen them during hunting season, mm-hmm. but I know of five salt licks I can get to with my wheeler in open hunting areas for sheep that I can get to, but I will probably never get a legal sheep again. Uh, I mean, stuff like that. Uh, I've done most of the Alaska things. I've been, I mean, I when I was with Fish and Game as a biologist and doing field research as a technician, I have like 40, almost 4,000 hours of helico- or of uh, small plane time mm. and over 1,500 hours of helicopter time at the best spots in Alaska to go fishing. I mean, I calculated when I left that profession that I had about $5 million of tourist time. Mm. I mean, tourists would have paid that much because I, I saw tourists in some of the places I worked. Um yeah, I've I've done lots of the things. I just want to keep doing and having fun. And I mean, I've skied Arctic Man. That didn't end up so well, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's I, cool. I, I've done I've done the Alaska things. I mean, I've never summited Denali. I've seen it the top a couple times, but uh, you know, that was good enough. I was happy to have been Absolutely. there. I've been to all kinds of big mountains in the Wrangles. I've rafted and boated most of the Yukon River from Dawson down. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Um, I've just done lots of fun things. Yeah. I did not make as much money as some of you guys, but I've had jobs with really good health insurance. Uh, <laughs> I paid my bills. 
Uh, and you know, bartering is a lost art in this world. I mean, this kind of stuff pays for scuba diving in Mexico. Yes. Mm. You'd be surprised. Uh, I work in the ski industry. I have traveled the world and made friends all over the world. So when you do that, it doesn't cost you money to ski all over the world. Skiing right. all over the world and skiing in general is a very expensive hobby. Yeah. I've made the right choices in life where I didn't make money, but I have a lot of fun. So, yeah, that's a great balance. And, you know, that's I call it Alaska rich all the time. And you got all these cool adventures in your bag and in your memory bank. It's worth more than any dollar. And, um, you know, there's you can't put a price tag on making memories and doing stuff and living. Yeah, I mean, I, I am able these last few years to have the opportunity to take a lot of my friends on my adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, also being in a wheelchair is kind of unique as an outdoors person. Yeah. So like a couple of years ago, I got invited to Katmai. I got to go to their fancy wheelchair accessible cabins that nobody had used in six years that they've had them. Um, yeah, so I, I tested them out really good. And it was great. Uh, <laughs> they were looking. Break these suckers <laughs> in. Uh, so, you know, I, I've gotten to do a lot of the first things. I mean, other people, I'm not the first person to do anything in a wheelchair. Luckily, somebody has already figured this shit out which has helped me out a lot, but I may be the first person in Alaska to do a lot of these things. So it's kind of sort of unique, but at the same point, someone has helped me figure out how to do these things or various foundations or lots of friends or fundraisers or someone's inviting me to go with me on their trips. Uh, I learned at a very early age not to say no to fun. And when you're a, for you. not, I'm not a yes man, like bossy yes man, like at work, but I'm a yes man. Like if someone asks me to let's go have fun, I say yes. Yeah. And when you start saying yes, you start to get, hey, Ira's game, let's invite him. Yeah. And yeah. when you keep doing that you kind of stuff, call. you get the call. And yeah. when you get the call and you say yes to the call, you get to do more of that stuff because you just do. Yep. And uh, I've made it a point to prioritize that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, I work again in the ski industry. Uh, someone broke their leg heli skiing and I work in, I used to do stuff with various sports energy drinks. Um, not sure who your sponsors are, but we have Double Shovels and Energy Drink sponsor here. Um, um, <laughs> Say whatever you want. And I worked, yeah, and I did stuff with North Face. And, uh, yeah, someone worked through like heli ski, and they said, hey, we got a helicopter in Valdez. Can you be here tomorrow? And I told my boss I'm going heli ski, and he knew that I loved to ski, and he f- we worked it out. Yeah. Um, so I was in Valdez the next morning. Sweet. Um, I mean, yeah. but I said yes, so... Yep. I mean, and when you keep yep. doing that kind of I'll stuff, go. they call Ira. That's okay. right. And that has stayed even after I got broke my back. So, yeah, I find that my wife doesn't really like when I do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and, and well, I was, go do what? I we was got this married for a long time, and that unfortunately is no longer a thing. But uh, I figured out a way to involve her as well, and hopefully, I'll find someone else to involve in all my fun adventures again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I share my adventures with my partners. So, so the most interesting man in the world is currently single. Uh, potentially. <laughs> oh. oh no! Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Do you want to expand on that? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no papers have been signed at any point in my. I think this is the first life. time that ours has ever been quiet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Yeah, his face is getting almost as red as his shirt. Uh, well, good for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we we mentioned all the stuff you did, and, and you told you said again that you you broke your back, but we didn't hear the story on how that injury happened. I never even got that out of you yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we kind of talked about it before the podcast. You good with Sharon? But that? yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I 
for a while I had recurring doubt, like, well, should I have done something different and all this stuff? Um, so I have heated with firewood since I've been 18 years old. I have had times in my life where I lived in places where I didn't need to heat with firewood, but uh, generally since then I've heated with firewood. I have a wood, wood burning stove in my house currently. Um, so I, and I've built close to a hundred miles of trails in Alaska. Some of them legitimate. Some of them we asked for permission later. Um, <laughs> that's just, it's much better to ask for permission later. A lot of sure. things. Well, and and then generally in the going. state of Alaska in public land, you can build a trail at four feet wide. It's generally allowed used. I mean, you can cut a trail through the woods. Um, so I have built about a hundred miles of trails. I used to be on the state trails board, the or tab, the outdoor recreation and trails board. Um, and I helped fund trail building. Uh, so I've been around wood cutting a lot. I was uh, certified as a sawyer with the chainsaw, so I could make a big tree hit that cider can at 100 feet away and aim it pretty good. Um, That's called a sawyer? S-A-W-Y-E-R. Sawyer, okay. Sawyer. Like after Tom Sawyer. Yeah, uh, but it, it's, it's someone that knows how to run chainsaw. And okay. I've run lots of chainsaws. Mm-hmm. Um, so And I had safety training and that kind of stuff, so I, I knew how to do bad trees, like leaning trees. And I mean, I wasn't like a YouTube guy and could do, I wouldn't trust my experience on someone's house, but you know, I was pretty good. Um, yeah. So I, I, I was the guy that got to take a crew out and get rid of the bad trees. Um, and after the big windstorm at Nancy Lake state recreation area, it's right before Thanksgiving. There was a lot of nice ski trails out there. A lot of people have private cabins on lakes back in the wreck area. And we were clearing trails of all the wind debris. There were trees left and right across all the trails. Well, was so. that the year there was that really wicked storm in September? Well, no, this is, for no like a week? this is that was 2012 here in Anchorage. Okay. Uh, okay. This is uh, November 2010. So okay. this is mostly just a windstorm. The one we had in Anchorage was like rain and wind, and there were trees down everywhere. Yeah, and like power was like, knocked out for like a week I, in East I Anchorage. I had been hauling firewood the week before that storm happened, so I never forgot to take the chance out of my truck. I literally cut my way into my neighborhood, um, okay. which is kind of cool. I had a little 10-year-old help me move the logs, but uh, <laughs> he, was, he had a wheelbarrow. It was kind of fun. I cut him in small enough pieces for him. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, so but uh, November 18th, 2010, I was... Uh, out with a crew of volunteers. I had a winter volunteer crew, people that did caretaking at the cabins, and they stocked toilet paper in all the outhouses around the public use cabins and things like that. I mean, volunteers are great. They had a free place to stay. They had a stipend for food, and they got to experience Alaska. Usually yeah. it was kids right out of college. In this case, it was a nice young couple. That guy still works for state parks. Uh, he's a trails manager, so a super nice guy. Um, but they were new to all this, and I was the guy with first aid training. Mm. Um, mm. so it was what they call a widow maker. The top half of the tree is broken off and it's leaning across the trail. And I was working on, we were going to take it down because we'd already removed 30 plus trails across or trees across the trails. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of broke wrong. And, uh, instead of the widow maker being the bad part to worry about, it broke free and pushed the trunk at me and my safety, the tree was leaning like a, a frame should have fell one way or the other on the A-frame. The Widowmaker pushed the s- s- trunk at me, and it went that way. And my safety path was that way. So when you're always cutting trees, you always clear bushes, always make a safety path. So Escapement away when things go wrong. Yeah, and yeah. even if things go right, you go, oh, to, the sa- oh. you go to the safe zone. Okay, when the, when the tree you. starts to fall, you go to the safe zone. That's just a part of the deal. Uh-huh. When things go bad, you go to the safe zone really fast. Uh-huh. And I ran, and I dropped my saw and ran, and 
I looked over my shoulder and that's when the tree hit me. If I had not looked over my shoulder, the tree would have hit me in the middle of the head because the tree was lying in my escape path. Uh-huh. So it was uh, not a good situation. I So you feel like <clears throat> it would have killed you instead of paralyzing me. Giving it, you it, it giving you a second chance. It definitely would have killed me. I mean okay. I'm religious, so God kept me around for some reason. Uh, uh-huh. I mean I will find that purpose at some point. I mean, I help people before I help people now. Some people say, oh, you're helping lots of people now, but I helped a lot of people before I got hurt, so we're not sure what that is exactly. But, uh, yeah, at the instant I looked over my shoulder, the tree scraped my face, had a forestry helmet on with earmuffs and a face shield and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It uh, tore off the earmuffs, scraped up my ear pretty bad, scraped up my face, cracked my jaw, broke a molar, um, hit me in the shoulder, and then piled there of me to the ground. Uh, my shoulder, my clavicle, my collarbone broke. It took my shoulder to the middle of my back. The tree literally, are we on video at all? The tree hit, yeah. the tree hit me this way and took my shoulder to the middle of my back. Um, oh, rolled it back? It took, it was, <sighs> the shoulder Fuck, joint stayed intact. It was just back there. Um, my scapula broke. I detached several ribs on one side, broke a bunch of ribs on this side. Didn't really puncture lung type thing till later, but I deflated the lung pretty badly. Um, On that left side? Yeah, right Mm -hmm. side was just squished. It wasn't deflated. Um, Broke, uh, if we've all done hunting, there's these ribs on the stick on your spine. The side ribs are called transverse processes. The top ribs are called spinous processes. It's called the spine. It holds the spinal cord. I broke off uh, the bunch of the spinous processes that hold the spinal cord in place from uh, T9 in your thoracic, your rib cage area, down to L3 in my lumbar area. Uh, so the bendy part of my back got squished. And uh, I dislocated my back and broke my another vertebra itself on L1. Uh, so my spine was like in two pieces. But instead of cutting my spinal cord, my spinal cord was fro- floating in a bunch of bone shards because it dislocated all the ribs that hold your spine in place. Just so, shattered all that. Yeah. Uh, which is good because I have a little bit of function below my actual main spinal injury, but it wasn't very good. Um, so I spent almost a month in intensive care in Anchorage. Um, and I never got knocked out, so that was good because my crew didn't really know what to do. Um, so you're able to talk them through what to do I to was help more you? screaming and yelling to cut the fucking tree off me um, oh. because I had one lung and I was in pain. Oh, and um, it was squishing you. So you're like, get this fucking thing off me. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, the other guy was pretty good with the chainsaw and his girlfriend who was helping help volunteer was not a chainsaw person, but he got the tree off me, which was pretty cool. Uh-huh. And then I knew enough to tell them I haven't been a medic for much of my adult life at that point uh, to hold my neck and hold my chest and hold my hips and roll me gently. Because I had my radio and my cell phone and a chest harness. Um, and I'm lying face down in the snow. Yeah, mm. they get you turned um, over. On the bright side, it was 10 below zero, and there was snow on the ground. This is middle of November. It was just cold. So that helped reduce a lot of the swelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just wearing a soft shell because we were working with trees, or if you've ever done hard work. You're sweating you're out hot. there. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not wearing a lot of clothes. And I didn't bring a lot of clothes because we're only a couple miles from the road. And I could go get them, but... It was hot. Not, You're working yeah, hard. Yeah. Um, and we were driving snow machines to make this all work, just to get around and get things done quickly. Um, yeah, so we were raided into dispatch and said, officer down, here's what's happened, and I need help. And then I called my boss on his cell phone and all that stuff. And, uh, I mean, luckily being law enforcement, I had access to the whole EMS system. Um, oh, okay. So they got out there. It took a couple hours still. I mean, that's a long time. 
Um, it's not like they could get a chopper in because it was probably thick forest. So it's like yeah. they just drop in on and get you out of there, right? Um, and then one of the other park rangers drove down from Denali. He had time to drive down from Talkie to pick me up and help out and oh. put sleeping bags over me and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, the local EMS people got there on a sled and... Luckily, we had cleared all the rest of the trails off the trail because I didn't bounce over any more trees. Um, so that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, so it was just smooth, like it was smooth getting pulled out of there. Uh, I was also pretty severely hypothermic. I don't know if you've been around people that had had hypothermia. It's kind of like you're drunk. You lose a little dissociation with reality type of stuff. Yeah. So I Probably was, help with the pain, though, right? Yeah, I, mean, I was not a very good patient. I was trying to tell them how to do their job and how bad of a job they were doing putting me on the backboard. And oh. having been a medic, I knew how to do this, and... I was not a very good patient. I brought them beers the next year after I got out of the hospital and um, all that stuff. And they're, all, they're, all, what I said. and they're all volunteers. I mean, it's all volunteer yeah. medics and Matt yeah. So, I mean, there are some professional staff, but uh, it's not like APD. It's it's a volunteer staff. And they, a lot of them have very highly trained. It's just they were volunteers. Was that the Willow staff? Uh, yeah. I don't okay. remember exactly which people were. I didn't know any of them. Um, yeah. Uh, and then they put me in an ambulance to warm me back up again. I mean, I was, I should have been dead. That was that cold. Um, but I was pretty fit and I was the drunk asshole as a hypothermic patient. Was this <laughs> when, when the, um, incident happened, what time of the day was it? Uh, 1210. Cause I just looked at my watch. Okay. We, in November. Yep. So daylight, it was still, dark, it was still dark pretty, by six. Probably. Yeah, it was still pretty bright. I mean, it was high noon. Did they get you out of there by dark? Yeah, I was I was even in Anchorage before dark. Oh, um, okay, okay. So they were gonna drive me to Matsu, and after I told them what I did and what I was broken, had paralyzed. I mean, I did a pretty good self assessment. Had the, my crew touch me and feel me everywhere, and I knew I broke my back. Um, I didn't know if I broke my neck. I just knew I was paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people with neck injuries can still move their arms, so it's a ver- paralysis is like going gray. You have lots of different shades of paralysis. Mm-hmm. And, I got yeah. some gray in my beard. You got some gray in your beard. Yeah, we both have gray in our beard, but <laughs> we're not the same. So yeah, um, yeah. So I uh, I didn't know how badly I was hurt, but uh, I saw the. Then they decided to fly me to Anchorage. I took a medevac to Anchorage, and that's when I we did the MRIs. And I said, "You guys should put me under quick." So I got to see those. So, but I was never really unconscious. I'm sure at the ambulance they probably gave me morphine. I was probably high from that point on. But that's yeah. about yeah. what I remember. Then they woke up five days later. So, well, intensive care. Mm. Sit for a month intensive care. Yeah, pretty close. Then I got shifted down to Craig Hospital in Denver, and that was a really amazing rehab center. And spent a few months down there. Uh, luckily, I have a lot of ski friends all over the world, and Denver is a big hub for skiing, so people are always flying in and out. So, I had friends to bring me ski movies on DVD or video. Or when I got more rehab, they brought me barley soda on a regular basis. Sweet. I mean, they were, <laughs> the nursing staff just knew them as soda, um, but yeah. I'm sure they knew what was going on. So, yeah. uh, and I had friends at the in and Fort Collins, um, or sorry, Colorado Springs at the Air Force Base that came and visited me once in a while. So, I mean, again, I've traveled a lot and had ski friends all over the world and that support structure was amazing i had someone to visit me four out of seven days a week for five months to come check in on you yeah Yeah. and uh well loved my ex-wife at that point spent a lot of time in her hospital so happy about that i mean that's that didn't work out but uh Whatever. She was there for you when it mattered, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I felt that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, I had ski friends every day. 
which is That's pretty great. cool. That's I mean, great. I had a lot of ski friends. So they, I mean, I would randomly have people I know for 20 years, people I only know online on the ski. And on back then we didn't have Facebook. We had forums. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Alaska outdoors, Blogs. the Alaska outdoors forum is still <laughs> right. pretty running hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah it, that yeah. kind of thing was happening for the ski world and it's still out there, but it's not as active as Facebook is these days. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I had three posts and two pictures on Facebook in five years before I got hurt. So it was a super active user. <laughs> yeah. I started using social media to tell people how I was doing because uh, I got felt really bad about texting a hundred people a day. Yeah. And they probably shouldn't have given me my phone back because um, I was on drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just cut and pasted the same text to everyone, same email. And then someone said, hey, why don't you post on Facebook how you're doing? I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, people know. so you're a super positive person that has just this lust for life. Like we all see it and for helping people and just living it, leave it living <laughs> every day. How did that affect you, you know, with your injury and did, did you lose that for a little bit and then it come back or? Uh, s- yes and no. Um, so nobody ever in the, until I got into farther into rehab told me life could be fun again. And I now spend a lot of my time talking to my doctor friends. Hey, if you have any patients, let me know. I will tell them life can be fun again. It may not be as good as my life. It may not. Everyone's injury is different. I mean, everyone has different situations and connections and support networks, but life can be fun again. Nobody told me that. That would have been a huge help to know that. I mean, I knew people could sit ski because I'd seen skit skiing, even though I, I used to volunteer at Challenge Alaska occasionally. But I helped out special needs people. I volunteered at Special Olympics. I helped out special needs people. I'd never really helped out physically disabled people. Disabled people. So I knew it existed, but that's about the extent of my knowledge. Um, so I, I spent some time telling people that life can be fun again. But again, I was a diabetic. When I got sick when I was 18, I lost like 55 pounds and spent a long time in the hospital then. And my doctors for most of my younger life told me, hey, you shouldn't do that. You can die. And I kept doing those fun things. I mean, I yeah. climb mountains, went hunting. I mean, multi-day. Yeah. I, I lived in field camps for 14 years. Uh, I mean, that's months away from medical care. With right. Months away. It's days away from first aid. I mean, you learn, you have, I had a lot of first aid training just because of that kind of stuff. But I figured out how to live. I didn't die. And I got to the point where I was doing bigger and bigger adventure trips and they kept saying you might die. And I told some of my doctors, hey, fuck off, I'm not going to die. And I didn't die. Yeah. I mean, I've learned how to keep insulin in a pouch around my neck so it didn't freeze. I mean, all kinds of stuff. So I think learning how to be obstinate and, and super sort of, I won't call it dumb, but I mean, I just did all the things out of steer stubbornness. Yeah. Helped me with paralysis because I had the mindset I could still do it. Yeah. Did you have like a set right. goal during that recovery? Like, I want to ski again. Arctic or Man. Arctic Man was the goal? Yep. And a buddy of mine, his name is Paul Thacker. He's a super good, he's a pro snow, snow machiner. machiner. He, yeah. he's, he's paralyzed. Yeah, he yeah. Bro- he and I broke our back the same day. And uh, no we way. ended up in the same rehab hospital. So oh, we kind of yeah. fed off each other yeah. and worked our asses off to do stuff. He, I mean, he's way more of a superhero than I am because he worked with Monster and Polaris and yeah, he all was, that kind he of stuff. Yeah, he was wild, man. He has a much I mean, he had girls in bikinis coming to the hospital on a regular basis at that point. I mean, he's married now. He's settled down. So all, yeah. good. But back then, it was like, wow. And I knew him. I knew him as that guy. And I was like, yeah. and they're coming to Denver with that stuff. I mean, they brought a monster energy drink refrigerator to his hotel room. I mean, to his hospital room. And nice-looking women would stock it every week. 
Wow. Um, and they'd give them to anyone in the hospital that wanted them. <laughs> he was the man, dude, a pine, like a pioneer. He'd roll in there and just every hot chick in that place was. Yeah. Like but I mean, and also he, I mean, he left, he checked himself out of the hospital before he was done with hospital and went to go be an announcer at X Games in Aspen. Mm-hmm. And then he came back to the hospital to finish his rehab. Um, I think he went back to racing too. He's done X Games a few times. I yeah. Mean, he's and, still and doing his thing. Pretty badass guy. I mean, super nice guy. He got, but he got married last summer and. I mean, he's still doing all the fun things, and he's helping lots of people. But we both were super crazy in the outdoors world. Most other people weren't, and they didn't have a lot of other patients like us. So we got to feed off each other a lot, and that helped the rehab. You guys are probably lot. pretty popular there, I bet. We yeah, we both got called back to do talking at the at the center. Um, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, having a positive attitude is helpful. And he wanted to go do snow machining, and I wanted to do Arctic Man, and. I mean, he's done Arctic Man where he's pulled people before yeah, um, yep. since he got hurt. Um, yeah, and Arctic Man didn't work out so well for me. I, uh, <laughs> it took me a couple of years to get back to skiing again and be healthy enough and then actually learn how to ski again and then another year to learn how to ski fast again. And then I crashed and ate shit at 80 miles an hour. So, um. Did you have any setbacks because of that crash? Uh, I am, that was five years ago, six years ago. I'm next month going to go in for my seventh knee surgery because of that. Oh, wow. Uh, the first doctor in Fairbanks, uh, kind of screwed me over. And if you've ever seen people with a rod in their thigh, they put it into your femur. Yeah. Well, he didn't pound it in far enough. It was my knee joint still cranning away my cartilage. And then the screws holding the rod in place were like almost an inch too long. And they were, as the swelling went down, they started to poke through my skin. Oh, man. So it was uh, not a super pleasant uh, thing. And there's not really anyone in Alaska that prosecutes uh, malpractice suits. So uh, I'm going to show the pictures of this and then I'll go back to the pictures. Yeah, let's see. Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, I got to go back to screen share. Um, but yeah, I, I had the goal to ski again and that goal was Arctic man. Uh, you had to have, you have to have a goal and whether that's to do, to get up and go to the bathroom or get up and physically make it to the shower or sit up in bed every day, you have to have a goal. And, uh, I mean, in every part of life, you have to have a goal. Uh, it may not be to make a million dollars, but you have to know that when the alarm goes off, I'm getting up every day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when I was almost dead because of diabetes and then almost dead because of paralysis, I mean, you're not nice to you if you're in good shape. So um, I, uh, I'm i grateful for every day I wake up. So it's still a big deal to wake up and have fun. Yeah. And I make good food well, and I get to go have adventures. And that's how I talk yeah. to Jack. Was Arctic Man a goal before or was that something that... Uh, I had out? helped out at Arctic Man before I had been a forerunner. And then I've also waxed skis for many years there. I mean, I make a lot of money. I used to make a lot of money waxing skis there. So my ski career is i i work as a in the sales for rosignal skis and then for toko ski wax and then uh function wear is like kind of a net gator company all super green company out of colorado um but yeah i i waxed skis and made sure people had fast skis at arctic man and uh, i got a percentage of the winnings and i made a lot of money every year um because cool. i had people that skied fast and my skis went really fast did yeah. they do arctic man last year no they uh, didn't is it back it, this year it, it is Sometimes here, sometimes not here. Howie is getting to the point where he can retire again. He's, I mean, he's retired from DOT 20 years ago, but he's he's an older guy. And he may be running the race itself is not a thing. So he hasn't done the race in like five years. Well, and, you know, they made it. So it was the same weekend as Tailgate. Uh, tailgate was much after Arctic yeah, Man. It yeah. was just, uh, Tailgate is 
a different type of event. Right. I, I just mean they they. I, I want to say in the last five years they they hold it on the same weekend. Well, T- tailgate, tailgate does that it. on purpose, right? So they don't, Arctic they don't. Man has always been tax day, always. Okay. And that's it's a screw the man type of thing. Um, it's always been over tax day weekend. Oh, oh, really? That's always. why it's that time. But you're right. When tailgate came back, it was the same time as Arctic Man. Yeah, and I, I don't I, know if that's I, changed I think since they then. Did that on purpose to spread the load out, right? Well, I, I th- Arctic I th- Man was never really overloaded. There's so much space there. I think yeah. it was like a cultural difference. Yeah, if that makes sense. It does. It so, does. And, and so the the people that started tailgate wanted it a different weekend. It's like the snowboard crew, like renegade style. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's fuck it's the man, but I mean they're already fucking the man with the tax thing. So yeah, it's a Alaska <clears throat> lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's oh, they is separated, it? okay. but I remember okay. when they first came back in like 2010, yeah. it was the same weekend because I remember, you know, going with my brother to tailgate and we're like, where are we going to go? And they went over there and they ended up meeting us oh, okay. at tailgate because it was packed. And tailgate I don't used to be start the same weekend Arctic Man ended. So they were not, That's o- right. they were That's not overlapping for a long time. Yeah. But oh, uh, oh. yeah, there's a, a knee knee joint with a rod sticking into the knee, and the screws are kind of long. You might notice. Oh yeah. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I uh, wow, I broke my femur into three pieces. That oh was, damn! So this video, I can send it to you. It made Instagram last so week. So we're I'm looking, to, we're I'm looking at um, the people that are listening. We're looking at the X-rays of Ira's uh, broken femur. Yeah, this is a. Uh, so this video was taken by a guy who worked with at DNR because uh, it's a DNR landing permit, and he straight line down the tit, and the tit is almost fifty-five degrees down. Holy shit! And then uh, it's a big screen, oh, and then I hit. Shit, dude! And then I conti- I'm wearing spandex, and I'm continuing to slide. I ended up uh, sitting upright, cross-legged, except my knee was outside of where I cross-legged should be. My oh. knee was over here, so that's a bad spot for your knee to be. Yeah. Um, so I was under enough adrenaline and uh, knew enough medical knowledge, you know, that was really bad, and that I should straighten my leg out before the adrenaline wears off because it's really going to hurt. And I have feeling down to my knees, and that's about where it ends. It really hurt. And then w- when I moved it, it hurt even worse. Um, but I was sitting cross legs here, and I straightened my leg out and then slid backwards. Play that again. Did you have some, like... Um you had a duct tape to your arm there? So the outriggers, you have to drop the outriggers to hold on to the water ski tail rope. So I didn't want them to fall He's off. Boun- you're bouncing so hard, man. Yeah. Oh, there it oh, goes. Oh, yeah, crazy. so uh, that, that you're still gaining speed. Like you were still. That is the uphill shot taken by a coworker. Uh, I will give this to you guys. You can play the commentary. The commentary is awesome by the other people here. <laughs> oh, um, really? This, we could probably turn oh, it up. What's, what's that this video? Is, this is take the downhill shot. Uh, oh shit! Dude. Oh my goodness! And then again, I'm wearing spandex. So I continue to slide, uh, but I tumbled and I'm wearing full motocross armor. I had a neck collar. You saw the pads on my other pants. Yeah, side. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm wearing full MX armor underneath this thing. Uh, I knew the hazards of this, but uh, yeah, I was hoping it wouldn't end up that way. I was wondering, like, did you have any weird? Um, I don't say weird, but like a flashback. I mean, you went through something very traumatic with the tree and the and and paralyzing you. Did this, like, you felt unbelievable pain? You you have experienced something so traumatic, like when you did that. Was it like deja vu? Was it like some like 
What, what did that feel like? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm a super calm person in the face of adversity, like bad people, bad animals, bad things. I was very calm and collected. Okay, tuck and roll. Like, oh, okay, you could think. Mm. You were like, I was, I, I lost one outrigger, which ripped out the duct tape, but I did the chest thing. Mm. Okay. As That's why as, you as, were rolling the way you were. Yeah, but I, my first thing is I broke out of my ski, then I broke out of my bucket, all the straps on that, and then the next thing I hit feet first into my chest. That's when I broke my femur, I'm sure. Oh. And then I tumbled six more times. Um, I counted them. I saw the snow go by my face. I'd never hit my face in the snow. Um, it was not very pleasant experience. And no, it didn't I look like it. feel things grinding away. And, <laughs> but I had no joint injury, so the doctor screwed me over and cut my knee apart and didn't reattach things. So that Aww. x-ray was taken when I was going to have my staples removed the 10 days later. So I'd been on the knee bending machine. Yeah. Bends your knee and keeps it flexible, grinding away my cartilage with all that stuff on my knee. Because, oh you know, the doctor didn't do his thing. Yeah. And uh, there's no one to take malpractice suits, and I've been bad-mouthing his doctor for several years. Turns out his son has the same name as him. He's also an orthopedic surgeon, so I've been bad-mouthing the wrong doctor. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But, you know, That's his dad's fam fault. Family choice. So, um. <laughs> what was the time space between the tree accident and your goal to to make this Five years, right? Uh, this was 2014, and I got hurt in 2010. Uh, it took oh. me this long to be capable of doing this. I mean, uh, I was confident I was going to ski the next year and my bones weren't healed. So I didn't even get, and that's a hard, another hard part in the mental side. Mm. All the fun things I used to do, I physically couldn't. I was still healing. Mm. Yeah. I also didn't have the sports equipment for over a year. Like I didn't have a bicycle, a sits cross-country ski or an alpine ski for over a year after injury. But I was also still healing, so I couldn't do them even if I didn't have the toys. And you were getting impatient? You were probably like, I, yeah, I'm ready was, to get out there. I, yeah, I was a little yeah. stir crazy. And then yeah. I was going through a kind of a painful divorce at the same time and Ugh. all that kind of stuff. So um, so I was Brutal. maybe drinking a lot. It was not a good time in my yeah, life. Yeah, men so. men mentally um, uh, injured too. Then. Yeah, I, like, I lost you know? my relationship. I lost my ability to do things. I just still had a job, luckily. I had health yeah. insurance, but it, I mean, I just wasn't able to, and I didn't see a future for it. I wasn't like suicidal or anything. I was just not in a good place. Yeah, you, you naturally are going to go to a dark place because things just aren't going I mean, your way the, right now. It wasn't like moment. the bottom, there's no end to it, but it just, at that point, it was pretty sucky. Like, it was yeah. a point in my life, not a period of my life, so. Yeah. So after uh, this, this, this injury here at uh, Arctic Man, did you set yourself a new goal? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I still have things I want to do. I mean, I was hunting and fishing. I have a little skiff to take out for shrimp and for salmon. Uh, I wanted to get healthy enough to do that stuff again. Just be so, active again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I still am doing things like I've climbed my little butt pad. You guys are on the second story up here. We don't have an elevator. So I scooted my ass up stairs. I have a strap on butt pad. So I've used oh, is that what that is out here? Yeah. Okay. I, I, you missed my jokes earlier, but oh well. <laughs> I, know, uh, I was hoping the hot dog man over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I've scooted up pyramids in Mexico. or I mean, you climb stairs. The world's not accessible. So if I want right. to go scuba diving, I, I dive too. So uh, like I do. would scoot down stairs to stuff. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things you got you to gotta do, but I got to get up and down stairs. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, I've just done a lot of the fun things, so it's a way I get around. Um, 
<laughs> like, how many days did you ski this year? I still can't get over that one strap. <laughs> uh, the one strap on the... T- yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the one strap, strap, the one strap and one nipple On the mountain man. <laughs> so, uh, well, no, the this, this strap is, like, off to the side. Oh, there it is. is. Yeah. The so, mountain uh, men of Alaska. Oh, so we'll, as we're looking for the scuba diving picture, I was... Picture's making me feel a certain way. Mr. May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought... I was asked to do this by a co-worker whose husband had to back out because of his professional obligations. It wouldn't allow him to take these kind of pictures. Oh, um, perfect. I, he didn't know he had these kind of obligations until his boss told him so. Um, so then she said, uh, hey, the Mountain Men of Alaska needs a new model. Would you be our, in the calendar? And I'm like, I can do Mountain Men stuff. <laughs> I literally thought it was Mountain Men stuff, like cabins and trapping and wearing wool coats and stuff. <laughs> and and uh, like a, a calendar of Mountain Men stuff. And then she said, she laughed at me and said, you know, you should really look at their website before you agree to this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm manly enough. I can handle bearing some skin. Dude, you look great, though, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think we, uh, might need to, we might need to propose getting Jack somewhere on that so thing. This all is, these, this all is, these oh, pictures of him. I will on play this. Oh, you got a video? Yeah. It, it was raining oh, and snowing yeah, at that you're time. You're eating raw shrimp. It was raining and snowing during the photo shoot. Photoshop makes it look very it, nice. Is weather. that like yeah. sh- is that like shrimp opener time? Oh, this is, uh, no, this is end of May. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is Blackstone Glacier. The day before okay. was beautiful and sunny. That that was on a Saturday. Sunday was raining and snowing. Oh, look at that! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, uh, just clutching the commentary and the music so is classic. So you, I'll text these to you guys. You can oh, get oh, yeah, yeah fistful. Yeah, look at that guy. And if you guys have ever been out to Blackstone Glacier, it's beautiful. There's it's huge oh, waters. That's Seward right there, right? Out of Seward? No, Whittier. No. Oh, Whittier. So Whittier. First oh, bay what am I first thinking? Bay of? On the right There's a huge uh, Kittiwake yeah. Rookery out there, and it's got like a 1,500 foot waterfall right there. Yeah. And the glacier's big, and it calves, and yeah. it's a this pretty is, epic place, yeah, and it's close. Big, so. big kayak destination. I like they put the glacier in the back for scale. You know, so but yeah. you know, oh, Photoshop yeah, yeah. makes it look oh, like nice weather. Yeah, yeah oh, look yeah. at the so Photoshop. There's Made no, there's nice no day. rain or snow in that picture. Yeah. So. It's like blue skies. Uh, That's good. But I was going for the scuba <laughs> picture. So. Just the big sexy photo. But yeah, I mean, I can scuba dive in caves and stuff like that. So wow, look at that, man. Oh, so do you, you have some sort of like fins on your? There's your this company called Dark Fin, and does anyone here like wet water paddle at all? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's made out now. It's made out in North, North Carolina or somewhere down the south. Uh, it's a latex glove with frog fins. Oh. And it's made so when you drop your paddle off a waterfall, you can swim back to your yes, paddle. Yes. Okay. So you see those guys that chuck their paddle. Yeah. A lot of those guys use web gloves to to paddle back to their paddle. Okay. To pick it up again, and okay. if you roll, if you flip, you can still. Yeah. Roll. Yep. You, you can generate the force. Yeah. Uh, I have too much weight in my top and not enough in my legs, so I can't, and I have all my core muscles, so I can't roll anymore. So I gave up on paddle, whitewater paddling. But they've now been, a lot of people have been using them for scuba diving. So it's just web gloves. And oh, I don't paddle cool. with, I don't paddle with my feet anymore, which is too bad. But you know, I've like got to go out, and this is in Cabo oh, wow. San Lucas. There's a national marine park out there that's got all kinds of cool shipwreck. Oh, oh look at that bait oh. ball. So those fish are about two feet long, eight inches tall, and an inch thick. Are those like, jacks? What are yeah, those? jack curvals. Yeah. Um, look at the ball of them. And, uh, well, hammerheads. hammerheads. So hammerheads like ravens. They, uh, they hunt in packs, and they also uh, hang out and nest up. They, these are all going back to wherever their roosting spot is. Look at all that's that. That's cool. a picture of um, how many they're 80. Uh, a lot more how, than that. How tall we'll are, how long picture. are they? Like the big 18 like, footers or the uh, short No, ones? hammerheads are like 
six to 12 feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're two, probably six to eight footers ish. Okay. Hammerheads are not big sharks, but they're aggressive and there's lots of them. They're like per, the piranha. They're, I don't know. They're, they're like, in groups. You're like, you never see one by themselves, but, but, but yeah, they, they hunt in a pack. Pack. So, mm. um, beautiful. Have yeah. you ever gone in any of those uh, beard competitions? I got second place at the uh, one at the Ferrandi. Yeah, time. but oh, I don't. I don't deal. have the genetics to get the big one. If my beard gets like six inches longer, this looks ugly. It's I look, scra- I look it's like hom- scraggly. Looking. I look homeless if I get six inches longer. So um, some of those guys can grow an epic beard. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. my beard. I've I've always had like a short beard, but I never had an epic beard. I always feel like it's the curl of the mustache that kind of, or the pointiness of. Like this this was my Facebook picture for no, a lot like of years. The, I had a short beard. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, short. I dumped five gallons of shrimp over my face. So, you know, <laughs> I have my PPE on, my Grendons and my uh, glasses on, you know, important stuff. Yeah. yeah. PPE. But that's like a number three bu- on the buzzer type of thing. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen you without a Rosigno hat on. Yeah. Is that one of your uh, sponsors? One of your I, main? I work for Rosigno Ski Company, okay. but uh, also they are also a sponsor of my Team Gimp Squad project. And Team Gimp Squad is how I help other people. And that's kind of my way of uh, inspiring and pr- promoting activity outside through sport. Um, so I told you I make beard products. Yep. The beard products fund my project. I mean, people have randomly donated can I, money can to Can I me. throw down on that funding? I mean, yeah, I can get I you a beard. beard product. Um, yeah. So Rooster Skier Beards, which the website's currently locked down because I have sold out of everything, so I need to make more. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been doing that. I bought 12 set skis for the Anchorage School District. So kids with disabilities can get out and play in the snow during the PE programs. Yeah. And oh, wheelchairs cool, suck man. in snow. They really suck in snow. So uh, um, kids, and they, uh, most of the schools in town have a PE program that involves cross-country skiing. Yep. I mean, usually middle school and high school, not really. The elementary school sometimes do. but uh, It's getting bigger in elementary school. Yeah, but yeah. sit skiing, you really need to have gone through puberty so you can propel yourself. Oh, sit skiing. <laughs> sit skiing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little kids don't have, they have twiggy arms. Yeah. Get it on the strength. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, the, my beard products have and various other things I've done have I've done public speaking engagements here or there that funds that kind of outreach work. Nice. So I still pay taxes on that business, but I, so much of that m- my profits go to nonprofit like medical things. So it offsets it's on almost taxes. all deductible. Yeah, I mean, okay. I think I paid two hundred dollars in taxes one year, and I made a lot of money. But I spent most I spent all that either on the business or. By medical gear, so, yeah. That's so cool. it, I will probably never become a nonprofit because you know I have to have a board, and they may not like what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, who knows? Maybe it'll become a nonprofit someday. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. it's a way I can help other people because I've received a lot of help as a guy in a wheelchair, and I have a lot of really good connections in the outdoors world. So how can our listeners support you? Uh. On my website, which is teamgimpsquad.com, G-I-M-P, I'm a gimp, I make fun of it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm, I rock it. I mean, I'm Hell in a wheelchair. Yeah, you do. But uh, I have a YouTube, or a, sorry, not YouTube. Uh, come on, PayPal. Yeah, I have yeah, a PayPal yeah. link. But I, I only really solicit donations when I'm working on a project to fund. Uh-huh. So I need to talk to the Matsu and the Fairbanks school districts to see how many disabled kids they have, to see how many I need to buy for the next go around. In this. I've got enough for Anchorage, I think. Um, so when I have a project to fund, I'll probably start promoting that and start trying to fund it again. Sweet. Do you yeah. have uh, merchandise or anything on your website? Like 
hoodies uh, or hats? That you know, that's one of those things that I only work as hard as I need to because I have other jobs. Yeah, uh, I understand. So when I uh, I thought about doing a, uh, a GoFundMe to get all the commercial equipment to make this stuff commercially, and then I can rent a warehouse and do all that. And that'd be really cool. And when I start making millions, I'll pay myself a salary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, for now, I'm volunteering my time to make this work. And yeah. I, yeah. I pay a couple of friends, have high school kids, and they help me out on packaging and labeling. And Yeah. Uh, well, we'd love to support it and promote it. I yeah, mean, but uh, roosterskierbeards.com is, uh, and my business license is roosterskier.com, so that's where I package all my ski industry stuff. And okay. anything I do that I have to pay taxes on um, mm-hmm. is packaged under that. Um, so it's weird. Not many people have sports manufacturing as one of the business items and cosmetics as another business item. <laughs> <laughs> Ira Edwards does. But I, I used to be a biologist. My hands were always getting cracked, getting in and out of the water. And you get cracked skin. Oh, dry and, out. Uh, so I started making carpenter balm 25 years ago, and uh, I've always had some type of a beard. So I started putting some tree products in it that are good for your fur as well. Um, and But it's mostly a skin product. Because yeah. your hair grows out of your skin. So if yeah. you take care of my philosophy is you take care of the skin, your hair will Inside. be better. Yeah. Uh, some of the other beard companies out in the world are just for hair or just styling products or really don't have things that help your skin out or make your skin dry out more. Like yeah, they make co- it worse. Coconut oil is in a lot of hair products and it's involved in some of my stuff, but it will really dry your skin out. You need some other oils to keep it together mm-hmm. and help it absorb into your skin but it, just by itself coconut oil really dries you out mm-hmm. and a lot of things out there are just coconut oil um yeah so it smells good and all that but it's not good for you um, yeah same like soaps so it makes soap. a mess of your cell phone <laughs> yeah there's that too. talk to your talking to your phone <laughs> and pull your phone away you're like uh, it's all greased up i like smelling like hawaii i'm not gonna lie yeah yeah no hawaiian traffic man oh yeah. yeah yeah uh they make a good spf 50 spray on sun lotion so yeah Waterproof too. Uh, oh, there you go. It smells like. Do, do you rock safe? a different wheelchair in the winter? Uh, I use knobby tires most of the time, so I, I have some skinny tires I use in offices. I use Schwalbe Racing Ralphs. They're like the fastest rolling tires in the market. They're just commercial bike. To, I mean, bike racing tires. Um, but I use the same chair. Oh, like I also hate in the office. He just he's like the office linebacker, just running it down. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> everyone asked me if Where I use studs Jerry? in the winter. Yeah. But I have always worked in a building with either carpets or stone floors, and I live in a house with wood floors, so studs are not a good no. option. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. It gives us some character. Yeah, I would hope that my floors <laughs> last a while. <laughs> What's great. the floors going to be in the new house? I have this stuff called LVP, Luxury Vinyl Planking, yeah. and it's uh, super durable, uh, waterproof. So as I roll mud and snow into the house, it, it melts. It won't warp the floors. I have wood floors in my current house, which I have to mop immediately after I roll into the house because I, I have floor mats. I roll circles around the floor mats, and that gets most of the snow off of And then I have to uh, oh. then take a mop and mop every day, uh, yeah. which sucks. Now I have in-floor heating, and... I'm going to buy one of those robot vacuums, like a Roomba or yeah. an iRobot mm-hmm. or something, and let it scrub the floors for me. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Hopefully. So you're you're moving out to the valley. We're going to miss you out there, but we'll come see you, and I'm sure you'll be in the cidery a lot. And then uh, we'll see you on the maybe deep insider. For sure you'll be out on the boat, but it might be called the deep insider. <laughs> that's that's yeah, a great that's, um, To get some halibut and uh, a bunch of other fish. What what other adventures and hunts and whatever do you got planned that you're going to be able to do this year? What are you so going to do? I'm going to be pretty busy with a new house and figuring out a garden mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, I'm going uh, next week. I'm going to Santa Cruz, California to go surfing. 
I'm going to pick up an adaptive surfboard and uh, relearn how to surf, I hope, uh, which hopefully will lead into the boar tide. Yeah. Um, I'll go out and do that with you. I have kayaked the boar tide. Um, I don't have a kayak anymore, but back then the SUPs were just getting started. Yep. Uh, that was 10 years ago. And uh, yeah, so hopefully we can make that work. I mean, I'm going to have to buy another dry suit, but uh, we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'm immediately taking some more time off. To go to Sea Loft to go set netting. Ah, and uh, okay. one of the dog cool. mushers down there, uh, Dean Osmar, has always let us drive down his personal beach to drive there. And he's a friend, so it's not a public beach at all. Uh-huh. But it saves me and I guess a guy in a wheelchair from getting stuck on the sandy beach where everyone else beaches on right. Sea Loft. Nice. And uh, he's got a gravelly beach. It's got some sands. So it's hard to get around a wheelchair, but gravel is much better than sand in a wheelchair. Yep. And uh, we also give all of our heads. We had a group of 14 families. So it's. Well, we, I don't know this year for sure, but we usually have a group of 14 families and they're all ski people and uh, we give all of our heads to them and okay. he runs dogs still. So that's a lot of dog heads. That's yeah. a lot of fish heads. Um, yeah. So yeah. That stuff's like, rock, they freeze it and it's like rock candy snacks for the... Yeah. The yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm hoping to do a camping trip in Denali, which... In the park? That's still to be determined. Um, there's a lot of things you can get access to with a wheelchair that normally people can't get access to. Ah. So I'm hoping to make that work again. Okay. Uh, the whole COVID thing, the National Park Service is not running under full capacity right now. So I will hopefully find out. If not, I'll just go camping somewhere else up there. Uh-huh. Uh, do that. And then hunting season starts in August. Yep. And then... Uh, You're going for boo again? Yeah. Okay. If I can get a moose out of Delta, that would be super nice. I got some friends with a farm up there. but Okay. Uh, I got to get something, so I'm going to go for caribou. Yeah, so, maybe and Nelchina or subsistence. Uh, I did not get, one. I will never apply to the Nelchina subsistence again because there's too many regulations that you can't hunt anywhere else in Alaska. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So I've applied for the drawing tag and didn't get that this year, okay. but we'll do the 40-mile herd again. Okay. Well, and 40-mile herd this spring was still three animals, so I'm 100% sure there's still going to be two animals this fall. So okay. it'll be good hunting. Yeah, so. good numbers. Yeah, be awesome. It was there. It, it was a madhouse. You hear about all the horror stories. It was that bad last yeah. year. Oh, I, I heard it was just it's bombs crazy. over Baghdad. But yeah. at the same time, there were that many animals. Right. Yeah. And you're hunting the tailored side. Uh, yeah, we went down and chicken. Yeah. I, I went up to. Um, I yeah. just gotten my side by side last year uh-huh. and took it for a spin out in Kinnick River and tested it out and made sure it worked. Just got it, and we uh, did a scouting trip on the ninth because the season opens on the tenth up on the Steeps Highway and on the forty mile herd. And that's where the caribou were okay. on August 10th. And uh, did like 90 miles a day before, scouted everywhere, found a couple good places to go. I'm crossing a ditch 100 yards from our camp. Uh-huh. Broke a tie rod. Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I mean, we kicked my wheel straight so I could wheel back and down into the campsite. And, of course, everything because of COVID, there's no parts anywhere in the world. Yeah. So I ordered some aftermarket parts and got them later and then took it out the, the next two weeks later, Labor Day weekend on chicken. Okay. And they had already moved that far? Oh, yeah. It, wow. I mean, if you caribou are not in one place for any time yeah. ever. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> That's just a long ways to go. 150 miles. But the herd was in between them. So the tail oh. end of the herd was on the steeps. The front end of the herd got to the tailor two weeks later. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, my friends have my friend that has cerebral palsy. Her husband's family has a cabin out there, so that made it super easy. Oh, oh great! Um, but yeah, she—I uh, think I mentioned this earlier, but yeah, my friend who has cerebral palsy. Got her first caribou ever. Yeah, you did. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, so cool. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, I was stoked because she got one, and I was stoked because I got some, and yeah, and, and her husband got one too. So we were all stoked. Um, yeah, that's rad. Is that the picture? Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a picture you showed there. The guns in the middle was part of the trip. Uh, there was a dog and... So my dog uh, got hunting. She's never been duck hunting with me because she's a, a Chesapeake retriever that doesn't like to mm. retrieve. <laughs> and she's kind of weird about guns, but she was okay with the rifle. She just doesn't like shotguns. And I've taken her to oh. the range since she's been a puppy. But she won't retrieve. And if anyone... She's my fourth Chesapeake, and Chesapeake's are always stubborn assholes. <laughs> um, she is above and beyond. She's gone that far above and beyond. Uh, so she's challenged me every day. She's still sweet, like... 2% of the time. I don't threaten to bury her every day. But uh, um, but she went hunting for the first time, and she had a fun time. She sniffed the dead animal. She slept on the gun rack. And, uh, yeah, uh, she ate. Well, you know, okay. hunting is pretty. Oh, you got photo. rainbow with oh, the caribou in the back. Rack in there. Yeah. My wheelchair stuck in the back, too. And that's the trick. <laughs> that's that, great, man. Yeah. That's a trail out of chicken, not you Jack mud, Wade. Mud, you or? got mud flaps on that sucker? Dude. I was, scraping, I was scraping tamers. mud off to get to the gas tank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then she got one. But oh, yeah. Good for her. So oh, this man. is three cows Cow we got up. at the same time. This left cow is that much bigger than the others. Oh, it was bigger than wow. my bull. So oh, I got, that is I, a big body. Look I got, at that thing. Uh, it was, I got that one and my bull, and she was that much bigger than her. She was bigger than my bull. Um, and then my we hung them up in a tree and cut them up. We used... A winch from the four-wheeler to winch him up into the tree, kind of like a gym pole. And then yeah. my dog is here eating the scraps. She's like, well, this is the best thing ever. I get to sniff the dead animals. She sniffed the butts of all the dead animals. Yeah. And then she ate their guts. So <laughs> Good for her. Or the meat scraps. Brooks Ranger won't even walk within 20 feet. She stocked so many caribou with me, but... But, yeah, this is... Uh, this oh, is once you cut them open, she wants nothing to no, do with it? No, when it's dead, she just is like, no, I'm not oh. going near that black yeah. bear. Don't matter what it but is. This is uh, a yeah. five caribou hanging. It's a... Uh, it was a good day, or a good yeah. couple of days. Then, so. Yeah. so you guys were going out of the cabin. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, uh, the cabin was like two miles from the three miles from the trailhead. Okay, and uh, and then we were driving twenty five miles back. Cool. So, uh, the new Can Am uh, Defender side by side. I had the six wheeler version. Mm-hmm. Is a pretty badass machine. Is that a uh, one thousand? Yeah, oh. I have uh, been in lots of machines. It rolls over everything that like, doesn't exist. Also, a Polaris six wheeler broke down with a moose and a caribou in the back, and. Uh, I towed him like 25 miles out of the woods wow. at 12 miles an hour, getting 15 miles a gallon. This thing gets better payload and has as good a mileage as my pickup truck. Yeah, those can't are bad. I have best. a 1500 yeah. Chevy. Uh, this does as much payload and has 100 pounds more in the bed than my truck can hold. Wow. I'll be down. Uh, you got a big trailer to haul that thing too? Yeah, I got a, a big nice car, car hauler style? No, it's a snow machine trailer. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, this is on a pretty steep slope. It'll climb everything. They give yeah. you some of that moose. Yeah, I got a couple backstrap pieces, Hell and yeah. um, I mean, nice. they were screwed. Their their chain broke, which it's a solid shaft stuff, but it turns a chain. Yeah, and the chain broke. So Done. classic no, problem with the Polaris's. And, they're and it was an old, it was an older too. six by six, so it wasn't oh. it wasn't a new one. The newer ones are better. So okay, yeah. oh, this is a six by six Ranger. Uh, yeah. Oh, so that thing, those are like 1,800 pounds, too, or maybe more. I, I like, towed it out 2, at 12, 12 miles an hour, 15 miles a Just gallon. cruising. This wow. thing was a beast. Yeah. The Defender 1000? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the sus- and the suspension is why I got it, because I've ridden the Outlanders, the, the four-wheelers. Yeah. And it's those things are great. And uh, they're not tippy, because I'm... That's I don't what know I have. They're stable. Outlander. But yeah. the side-by-side, I got the five-point racing harnesses so I can hold myself up. Because as a paralyzed guy, I don't have all my core muscles. So, mm. Yeah, I want that it six-wheeler you, outlander. Does it make you slouch? The regular kinda? one. Is that what yeah. it does? 
No, I'm like strapped in like you can't believe. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. With well, without them, it makes you kind of like yeah. But I'm, I'm stuck. You got the there. five point harness. Yeah, it pulls though, you yeah. back. I I'm going down a fifty degree downslope, and I can drive down a fifty degree downslope without having to worry about flipping because um, it's got a longer wheelbase. So it's yeah. stable. Um, it looks yeah. like a little pickup truck. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, is, look that, at this that. is a trip a out in Jim Creek, uh, out in at the Kinnick Glacier. It looks like he can get yeah. it, man. It's a bad boy. It we uh, there's some mud bogs out there, cool. and I had a big enough crew. We tried to get it stuck. Couldn't. It didn't. There was mud flowing over my doors. I was wet from like the belly button down with thick mud, like pancake batter mud. Um, didn't get stuck. Wow. Just crawled through. Yeah, uh, I was surprised. And these are not the mud tires. These are just the general stock tires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had six other six wheels with winches and ropes. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're getting and they all had 35-inch tires, and I have 27-inch tires. So um, they barely made it through, and mine just plowed through. That's so cool. I'm pretty so stoked. I think after harvest season, we should uh, maybe all get together and come up with some, you know, meats that we can make up you know ira's getting after it he's super inspired and mm-hmm. maybe have like one of these uh charcuterie plates from each of us yeah Ooh. i can and totally walk you through again. all that stuff because I, I mean i have my grinder and sausage chuffer and all that i mean i do all that stuff so. well we've been hosting yeah. a uh, game meat party that i think is going to come back um yeah. oh, after we, this last oh, yeah. year yeah, definitely this next yeah, one hiatus yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. One time I got uh, I got photobombed at the bottom of the ocean. Some lady was free diving. <laughs> she gave us the rabbit. Oh, fingers. in the back. Oh, I see her. Oh, I see her. Is, <laughs> awesome. We took a, we took a group photo in like fifty feet of water, and she free dived down with a big rock. And <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! Photobombed us. That's awesome. Great for her. <laughs> well, Ira, I mean, what an amazing story. Man, you yeah. got so much stuff going on. It's crazy. I Nothing sleep short of interesting. Yeah. I yeah. sleep sometimes. Maybe sleep not sometimes. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> You're an inspiring cat, man. And uh, oh, no yeah, doubt. we're blessed to know you, man. Thanks for uh, doing what you do. Yeah. Hopefully this will uh, keep people who have other issues in their life uh, inspired to go do stuff because uh, you can still do it. So. Yeah. And Sometimes the, a little harder, but you can still do it. And the yeah. people that don't. You're doing more shit than most people that can do everything. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's fucking awesome. I find that weird because I didn't have social media before. I do a lot less than I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You're making some damn good meats that you probably weren't making before, but. Uh, sometimes. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I still did. Yeah. When your dog doesn't steal. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she's got no ribs right now. I was grinding burgers a month and a half ago. She ate 15 pounds of burger meat. Uh, while we were, so she's oh, all chunked sh- out. While we were making patties, <laughs> she took one of the other tubs that was in the garage full of like half frozen meat and chowed down. Ate all. <laughs> and she didn't get sick and she didn't puke it out. She didn't shit it out. She just, just it soaked just it. Straight to her belly. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Daddy, I need something to make it through winter here. <laughs> oh my this goodness. was in April. So I, was, I finally only got around to grinding burger in April. So. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Ira, thanks for coming out. Thanks for sharing your story. Um, if people want to see some of these pictures that he has, the uh, Instagram is Rooster's Gear. Um, tell us what the website is again. Uh, for my overall team gimp squad project uh, that i help people with is team gimp squad.com and then uh that i also have a uh, roosterskierbeards.com that all it's website still there it's just zero product availability i'll be making more pretty soon but i had Sweet. a big craft fair at the state fair that i sold everything out of okay yeah right awesome. on yeah right on and his, his instagram is rooster skier rooster skier i yeah. post on twitter sometimes i used to post a lot more but uh that's rooster underscore skier Okay, that's right. It was the Twitter one. It was great to have you, man. 
Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. been uh, enjoying listening to the podcast. It keeps me uh, occupied at work. You lived up to the hype Jack was building up since we, you know, when we, when we put this podcast together, he mentioned you really early on as a guest. Yeah, he's like the most interesting man in the world. And I'm like, what are you doing? He showed I, us I the, used to only be the most interesting man in Alaska, but now I've spread. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a mountain model, too. I mean, that's next level. Yeah. Well, well it's funny. As I said that, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, the chive picked him. And he's like, oh, now there's cred. You know? I was like, what? My word's not good enough? No, it was just, you know, we, you were you were always on the, the forefront of our guest list. And, you know, a few months have passed. And. You know, we, he brought you back up, and you know, we, hey, we got you finally iron, got we some got cred, iron. so people might listen to me now. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually glad you came when you did. Not not to discredit any of our other guests prior, but you know, we've gotten better and and more organized and and more comfortable on the mics and and better with our guests. Like this warm up to this to this recording was awesome. We actually had we could have had together. a podcast before the podcast. Yeah, we could have. I mean, just sitting and eating dinner tonight, we could have. Yeah, you know, we were having such great conversation, but. We learned that you you have that kind of that warm up moment with your guest and that and eases everything up and then the conversation is more organic and real and um, you were everything we expected if not more as far as um, you know your your footprint on Alaska and what you've done and and what you represent and how what you do for people here and and disabled folks and you are an inspiration and. Um, Thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, You're well, thanks for guy. having me. I mean, I plan to keep on doing things in the community and yeah, um, still having fun. I mean, you got to do the Alaska stuff. You can't stop living. So yeah, that's right. um, we, we'd like to, too, you know, we, we want to have guests on again in a later date. We'd love to have you come on in, in a bit and, and give us an update on your Gim Squad project and see how that's going. Maybe recap some of your stuff. Um, you know, you got your... Your Santa Cruz surfing thing you're doing, man, it'd be really cool to know something about that. So uh, hopefully it's a good. Hopefully I don't like drown. You know, <laughs> what? just bring those bring those fin deals on your hands, man. Just oh, you bring those to work because I'm gonna. You, basically, it's a sit down surfboard. It's made for normal people. It's called a wave ski. Okay, uh, it's for you guys to surf super tight barrels, and it just happens that it's a sit down surfboard, so it works for people who can't stand up. Yeah. yeah, and you have a seatbelt strap yourself, and you use a kayak paddle, so you could just surf the tight barrels. Oh, or yeah. for me, I could just surf again maybe yeah so that's what i'm hoping works out so Sweet. and if i don't flip over and drown you know i'll be okay so okay let's go post up on uh, beluga point and me and ira go do the i love the board tide you guys yeah, talk, you guys talk with tangy and yeah i'll bring the us. camera and film you guys i'll, I'll make I'll it i'll fall on my ass <laughs> <laughs> bird points, I got, i'm gonna have two paddles although <laughs> it's a kayak but uh, i think bird points where everyone hooks up yeah guys. bird point oh, yeah. Yeah. beluga's the ways out there yeah 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 <laughs> well, well we'll catch it early <laughs> we'll, ride, we'll, we'll pick a big one and ride all the way 20 miles yeah that's right that's right <laughs> Yeah, or I'll fall off and you'll ride all the way. And I'll, have to, I'll walk it. Everybody will see me walking on the highway. Yeah. But uh, we should do that. That'd be fun. That'd be great. Yeah, be cool. Either that or let's hook up and do something cool together. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, yeah. fishing's in the works. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Ira, thank you. Rooster Skier, Alaska. Stay spot. Stay positive and keep a positive mindset and get after it. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious? When you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. 
tight lines, and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Lawn Pro AK, your year-round professional property maintenance company, providing services such as weekly lawn maintenance, driveway sweeping, snow and ice management, and tons more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Anchortown Dogs, located at 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Menegados Accounting, locally owned and operated advisory and tax accounting solutions. Passion, experience, diligence. Learn more at menegadosaccounting.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off Arctic and 58th. Handcrafted Alaskan-made cider. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Check them out at doubleshovelcider.com. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation. Find their products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more at the Treehouse AK and other dispensaries around the state. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Your all-in-one cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children and marijuana should not be used by women while pregnant or breastfeeding. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. 